Take you back. Do 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 do. Take you back. Take you back. Do 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 do. Take you back. They know how to make you smile. You're already here. Why don't you stay a while? Kick back, relax, you freaks. They're playing all the tricks and taking all of the treats. Grab a whiskey and hang on tight. Smoke that bong with all your might. They write books, but that ain't all. One short and smooth, and one is hairy and tall. It's vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. They argue about everything and then drive each other so insane. Vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. It's vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. Best buds talking book of the week. And all the horror stuff that they think is neat Hanging loose to in ridiculous read Not cause we deserve it cause it's what we need Vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne They argue about everything and drive each other so insane Vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne it's vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. Welcome to Vital Social Issues and Stuff with Chris and John Wayne. I am John Wayne. With me, as always, is Christopher Triana. Chris, what's up, dude? Yo, what's up, buddy? How are you? Good, man. I'm good. Yeah. Uh, not as cold as you are. But, oh, God, it's so uh, cold. I am doing it doing for it, yourself, it. and uh, <laughs> like a true just, sister, <laughs> just like sisters who are doing it for themselves. And uh, that was uh, you got you just heard the new song again, everybody. And thank you for the the good feedback that we got yes. on it yes. after releasing it a couple weeks ago. Uh, it, it seems to become an earworm of sorts with people. Yes, it's really annoying, uh, and so people people love it now. Uh, by knowing I'm kidding, I mean it's just really catchy. It gets stuck in your head really easily to the point where I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, because it'll be in my head, you know, if I if I watch that video or listen to it. But uh, I mean, it, that's a sign of a great song for a sitcom. You want people to, you gotta yeah, remember. Like, yeah, you gotta remember it. Yeah, but no, it's a, it's a great song. You know, I I just mean that it's so catchy. You know. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So I I appreciate uh, both of us appreciate the good feedback we've gotten on it, yes. and uh, we'll never and the, and the stop video. it. And the oh, video, yeah. yeah like, the video is cool. If you haven't seen the video, you're fucking up. You got to see that. Yeah, you could go on our our YouTube page and you can see, like, you can just watch the video, the new opening credits, which is done in the style of a of a '90s sitcom. Uh, you should check it out. It's uh, it's pretty fucking funny, and we put a lot of work into it. Particularly John Wayne did. He does all of the cool editing and everything. So. Well, you know, hey, we're just uh, we're in this together now. It, as, it would never get Trent done. Said. It would never get done if I was if it was my job. So kudos Fair. to you. Thank you. Um, you know what I did a couple days ago? No. I did a, a heroic. I took a heroic dose of uh, of gel acid. Some would say. You know what? I you know what? I do kind of know this because Wesley Southern Oh, of course, West ratted you. He ratted you out. No, he sent me a picture. He was like, These two assholes 
uh, Skyped me while they were tripping balls, and it was you and I guess Nick. I couldn't tell in the picture. No, it was somebody else, and I don't want to say who it was. Like, okay. I don't want to blow up their spot necessarily if they sure. don't want to be. So it's myself and a buddy. Okay. And uh, so we we yeah, Skyped uh, we Skyped Wes <laughs> out of nowhere because the my the person that was with me was like we we tried to do a podcast and uh, it got. It got away quick, dude. Like it did. It was not like I was like w- trying to like kill time after we ate this acid to be like I wanted it to start kicking in, and then I sit down and it like I get like I don't know five minutes in. Did you think I'm sometimes I'm bad on this? Like what were we talking about? Neither of us knew what the fuck we were talking about. Right. It kept going back and forth, and we get like thirty two minutes of us, you know, getting through whatever the fuck we're talking about, and finally he's like, let's let's fucking call Wes, and I was like, oh fuck yeah, we're calling Wes, and it just like stops. And then I've got I recorded us talking to Wes and uh, it was awesome. His face was like all woo, woo, <laughs> the fucking thing. But all to be the best fair, to be fair, his face is always like that. Yeah, he's just got the, one of those faces. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're absolutely right. But the best part of that experience was we got to see Katie, his wife, his wife for a couple seconds because uh, she was going somewhere and she said hey to us. And it was uh, probably seeing her for those like 30 seconds was you know, way better than seeing West for like 25 minutes that we talked oh, to him. So, yeah, duh, of course it is. I mean, easy. Does, does that even have to be said? Easy. Yeah. He did get scared. He said that he's like, oh, is this what I'm going to ha- be? Is this what it be like in Atlanta when we're there? And I was like, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You're like, yes, it will. It will. Yes. I didn't call him a bitch. I just said, Psh. but he did. The best part was I, he said, God, you have a hole in your brain. And then myself, <laughs> myself and the other guy were like, Oh, hole in our brain, hole in our brain, like laughing and bouncing up and down like a bunch of crazy people. He he said something like that to me too. He said he's like John Wayne's head has got to be just Swiss cheese at this point. Yeah, and I was like, well, yeah, it's that's the way it seems to me. So I mean, he's not wrong. He's not wrong, dude. He's just dude, an asshole. <laughs> I'm firing on all cylinders, baby. <laughs> Yeah, I think all cylinders are on fire. You know, it's like a four alarm emergency. But yeah, you know, you gotta you gotta be you, babe. But still, uh, you gotta be you. I uh, while I was doing that, I ended up just uh, laying on the floor here in the in the studio of evil, <laughs> on my back uh, with my sunglasses on, blasting music from my records. Uh, listen to Sun Scott Walker, uh, South. Oh, yeah, dude. Hell yeah. What an album, right? Yep. I put on, uh, it was badass. I love that album. Uh, thank you for introducing it to me. I listened to, uh, Oracle, which is another Sun album. That's the one where, like, the, vo- the vocals that are on it, the guy buried himself. They buried him in a coffin mm-hmm. underground and he's like screaming in there. Like, it's, but it's, it, that's awesome. And I was, what else? I put on a Dillinger Escape Plan record. I, I started going like all over. I put a Warren Zevon record on at one point. And I just laid on the floor and just blasted yeah. these records for probably about two hours or so. And uh, it well, was that, pretty fucking cool, cool dude. That's cool. So you sometimes gotta, you got to um, you got to listen some more to uh, Tilt. I bought you uh, Scott Walker's Tilt for your birthday. Yeah. Uh, that's that album is mind blowing. So, yeah, I've listened to it several times. Uh, yeah. But when I since I got soused, that's just been in kind of like a South is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. But sometimes, uh, you know, we don't take time to just sit and listen to music. Like, 
that's true yes yeah. and it doesn't like have to shouldn't have to take me be like blasted you know on acid to, to sit there and listen to yeah album, yeah you know? no you know it's so funny i was just having this conversation uh with with greg my buddy greg uh, uh which you who Shouts you know out, greg. Shouts Shouts out, greg. Out. we were having we were having this same conversation of how go white socks like one of the reasons he uh one of the reasons he really got into collecting vinyl is because it was like a way to kind of reconnect to his youth when he would listen to a whole album. And we were talking, we were like, yeah, people just don't really listen to a whole album anymore with everything being so accessible. People could just be like, Oh, play this song, play this song. Just, you know, say it into their phone and like, they can listen to whatever song. Um, they don't have to like sit and wait for that song on a record and they don't even bother getting the whole record. Uh, for the most part, uh, it's kind of like a lost thing. You know, we were talking about that for some time, actually talking about like listening to comedy records too. you know, mm -hmm. like, like I remember growing up, we would, I would sit and listen to George Carlin or Cheech and Chong. Like no one does that. Now. They don't even make those records. Now they maybe so, make a record of a live concert, but that's it. Some, uh, yeah, some, some modern comedians have like done a vinyl pressing of like a limited vinyl pressing of, of, of a live show. That's what uh, I'm which saying. I, which I think is cool. Yeah. But, but now you're talking about sketches and shit like yeah, that, right? Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And for the most part, people don't listen to a comedy uh, record, even if it is a live show. But yeah, yeah, like most people will watch it, you know. Um, it's just mm -hmm. like one of those things that's lost. Like now with like the proliferation of everything being streaming and digital, uh, it's one of those lost things. You know, like I really don't think uh, – I feel bad for kids today in a way because I don't think teenagers – do what we did growing up where like oh shit dude the new monster magnet album or the new nine inch nails or slayer or whatever it was like you and your buddies would get the who someone would get the album first and you would just hang out and listen to the album or do it by yourself mm -hmm. and you would like smoke a bowl and just like really zone out and listen to the album i don't think the kids do that now i think they just you know jump on one song to another i don't think anybody really sits and listens to an album particularly with friends well, the delivery system of music is is a like we said, it's streaming. Like it's so beyond what we are. Like if you wanted to listen to something, you had to buy the record or right, a single. Right. You know, even you know. But uh, yeah, it, it's not. I don't think a lot, a lot of music is not made to be uh, digested in uh, album mm -hmm. album sized chunks these days. Right. It's it, it still is for sure, but just it's. Uh, a lot of popular music is probably not meant to Pop, be like popular that. Music, definitely not, but, but uh, just yeah. but definitely not. And like just a lot of modern music. I think the people who do that are more old school. Um, there are, there are a few artists where, uh, but it's only a few, like I'll admit this even myself. There's only a few artists where they come out with a new album and I'm stoked and I sit and listen to it from start to finish. The first time I listened to it, uh, Scott Walker was definitely one of them. Um, and of course he's gone now. Uh, but Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds is is one. Like I will sit and listen to the whole album. You know, mm -hmm. uh, if Tom Waits came out with a new album, I would like I would sit and listen to the whole thing. But the like that's really it. Like I don't, you know, like even when I buy a new album, I don't sit and just listen to it from start to finish. You know, uh, anymore. Yeah. It's just a different age. I, I yeah. I mean, I still kind of do 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 that do do. Uh, I used my 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 ritual used to be was uh i would listen i listened to a lot of albums uh on cd like at the time when i was in like high school college age just buying them i would listen to them front to back but i would 
usually, especially when I was driving back and forth from Huntsville to like the woodlands where I would work because that was where all the like stores and shit were. Mm -hmm. And so I had like a 40 minute drive and I I could buy the the records when they came out, the CD or whatever, and listen to it on my drive back. I did that quite a bit, but I would always listen to the whole CD, like the whole album from front to back, no matter when, like if the single was like the last song, I didn't give a shit. Like I listened to it all the way through and then I'd let it play all the way through again. Mm-hmm. And then I'd start going through and, and listening to specific songs that I liked. Not like not necessarily like the, the single, like, right. yes, that too. But like, no, I like oh, track yeah. three was fucking cool. That's that's what I used <laughs> and, to do with albums. Yeah. And within like a week or two, I've devoured. I could I know the words to every song on that record, like back and forth. And I kind of no, I, I do get that, that today. Uh, I, I, I get that. That's how I think all of us you know, were when we were teenagers or even in our early 20s when music was like like getting our own music, not just listening to our parents stuff. That was like, you know, our own world. And music means so much to you when you're at that age. Mm. Uh, but then it means everything like it means a lot everything. Of it means it's everything weird. to you. It's your it's like more than movies or anything else. Like like music is your whole world when you're a teenager and in your uh, early 20s. Um, but it does, but it does kind of taper off for most of us. So. Yeah, I mean, and and I guess I mean I do play music still, so maybe I right. have a, a connection well, to it that way. But I, I, most of us, most of us, yeah. But I, I do, I, you know, I love listening to music, and I really enjoyed sitting there. And I made like a mental like note to myself of like, do this more, like you know, put on a record and just lay right. down, and you know, uh, like I. You know, a lot I've been of people listening. Don't, like as adults, you just don't have time for that kind of thing, you know. Well, yeah, but we have time to do other stupid shit that we. Could but uh, not but do. no, I mean, like people like that have like you know a full time job and families and kids and stuff. Like they don't have time to s- just lay back and do the whole "I'm going to listen to Pink Floyd" thing, you know. Like they just don't have time. That's true. You know? I, I mean, I'm not. I can't relate to that. So, uh, I just made a message to myself to do that more because I, I'll I'll put on records all the time while I'm writing, like South I've been listening to. Mm-hmm. like you know dude i'm i'm like don't now don't listen to it with me now because i'm sitting there like doing like the fucking whips and shit right, while it's right. going on and then like i put it on for uh the buddy i was hanging out with and like when it first starts he's like what the fuck is this i'm sitting in front of it because i'm going like and then just i'm like so doing all the good. thing like uh it's i just re- so fucking so good. good that album yeah <clears throat> i love the uh the track bull uh bull is like, badass too like and like the end of it is like two straight minutes of just feedback it's crazy it's just well not feedback it's drone it's just drone guitar uh yeah it's it's fucking incredible uh like sun is great scott walker is a fucking genius as i've said before he's my favorite and yeah like most of the people I know cannot get into that at all. Like, will not get into it. So I'm really glad that you that you like it, and you have so much to experience going forward. There's such a huge back catalog of Scott. Uh, like, just wait till you listen to the Drift. Like, the Drift is one of those albums where the first time it came out, I was so stoked and just laid back and listened to it in the fucking dark, and it was such a mind fuck. Like, there's songs and albums that are that, that are like 15 minutes long, and they're and they're just tell this whole story. Um, uh, the drift is fucking incredible. Uh, tilt, I think, is fucking amazing too. I absolutely love Tilt, as I've said. Yeah. But yeah, that yeah, I've, like I, I listened to that one many times uh, when you said when I first got it, and then 
you know, since I got soused, I've just been listening to that yeah. a lot because it's yeah. just too, it's just really good. It's fantastic. <clears throat> but yeah. yeah, but then it makes me, I'm also reading a book right now called Choosing Death. It, it's mm. like a history of grindcore and, death and, metal. Yeah, and death yeah. metal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was gifted that by a buddy, uh, same buddy that did this uh, acid trip with me. Shouts out, you know who you are. Um, but yeah, so I've been reading it like, uh, uh, and I love these kind of books. Like I have Please Kill Me, which is uh, the history of punk rock. Uh, and I, I get, I, I love to read all those music biographies, The Dirt. And I read Nikki Six's Heroin Diaries. I, I like that. I love all that shit, dude. I mean, I, I love the dirty rock and roll fucking stuff. But you're, I mean, right. I, I, I start reading this book, this book. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm devouring it pretty much because I just, absorb it in huge chunks every time i pick it up <clears throat> but it's just like man i just love reading uh how these bands like like a band like death started and like how he he uh chuck uh fuck what, whatever his last name is that guy in death uh man there were so many incarnations of that band and he did so many different bands and moved around the country so many times and it's like and then he turned 17 and you're like what the fuck yeah. like these no, these are yeah, like yeah. kids, and I know that you're from the state that we shall, shall not be named, but a lot all of this, a lot of this music came from Florida, and so he did as well. And it's yeah, like yeah. it's a lot of people moving from Florida to like to like you know the north, or finally to LA when it start when it got out there. Yeah, uh, but yeah. it's cool to but read it's... about how they try to play as fast as they can, and they're, this mm-hmm. is also during the tape trading days. Yeah. Um, well, so, I mean, that's, and it's, it's Chuck, uh, Schillendier. Schillender, yeah. Yeah. Schillender, mm-hmm. Schillendier, whatever he says it. Uh, but no, yeah, he, like, I credit with him personally with like basically creating a genre of music, which is death metal. Um, uh, are like, you can make the argument that the band possessed, uh, ha- had a huge influence too, which they did. Uh, but the band death really created that genre and yeah he was a fucking teenager and he came out and like he was a skinny little guy and he came out and was just like this this intense voice that people hadn't heard before hadn't done that before and now it's a whole genre well and he also introduced uh intricate guitar playing in into oh yeah from like like, because not uh, initially not initially not but, initially yeah. but well, when he really very, refined death yeah. like when well, he, I, he, I, he, I know i i, I started saying, shredding like, like 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 as we said you know i grew up in florida i was a part of that whole scene in the early 90s uh and yeah like like scream bloody gore is is like more like traditional death metal but every death album kind of progressed and became a little different and he definitely introduced technical what's known as technical you know uh death metal into the scene for the first time too, like with, with an album like uh, human, you know, which is vastly different from an album like scream bloody gore. Uh, yeah. So um, yeah, no, he, he was a fucking genius and it's sad that we lost him as young as, uh, yeah. as, as we did. Yeah. Um, no, they're, they're a great fucking band. And uh, yeah. And I love reading, like when I start reading about these bands, uh, it makes me want to go listen to them especially ones that I'm like, oh, I haven't really listened to this band. I'm going to go listen to it more. Like, they talk about Napalm Death at the beginning of this, and, like, because they were one of the, I guess, first bands like that in in England. And uh, so many lineup changes and just how they just tried to play so fast that they became kind of a novelty act and were, like, pissed off about it. Oh, well, yeah, and then, like, yeah, they they played so (laughs) fast that their songs became shorter and shorter until they came out with You Suffer But Why. Yeah, that one-second song. Yeah, which is just, like, yeah, a couple of seconds long. Uh yeah, no, absolutely. And yeah, 
you know, I saw all these guys live, like back in the early '90s, including the the bands from the UK, like Napalm Death and Carcass. Um, I was super into all of that at, at the time, and uh, I, you know, I still love those old albums, but I don't really listen to new death metal uh, or even like new albums by old death metal bands with the exception of carcass when carcass reunited a few years ago and they came out with surgical steel it was just fucking amazing like they are easily my favorite death metal band so yeah uh, and and uh joe sakovich who has called into the show before i uh, i gotta give him credit man he introduced me to that band i heard him once or twice and i was like hey i'm not really that into him and then uh we went to see the show and um and when Carcass, like once Carcass played, I was like, okay, this is the best fucking band ever. Uh, yeah. And ever since then, I've just had a total uh, heart throb for Carcass or heart work, you might say, for, for Carcass. Oh, my. You see um, what I did? Do you know what I, I did there? Do you even I don't know. know. That, that's I, one of their work. albums. Is that one of their so oh, albums? Oh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know them. Well, I even wrote it down so I could make that sure to check big, them out. That was a big... You don't even know Carcass? Well, I know Carcass, but these are, I want to like listen to a whole record oh of God. these of yeah. these like cuz I I have I've had these things on like, you know, my fucking metal playlist and stuff. Well, there's, I hear, there's hear songs. Very, but I want to There's a there's a big there was a big shift with Heartwork actually. It was it was kind of controversial with uh fans of the band because uh their earlier stuff was more grindcore uh and they had like, you know, this uh overly <laughs> medical like language to their songs and they had like just like gross stuff like crepitating bowel erosion and and you know empathological necroticism and and, and songs like that uh on symphonies of sickness and and reek of putrefaction but then with uh with heartwork uh which was like mid 90s uh they kind of did away with that overly technical language uh, and like the the songs had more of a conventional metal flow, and a lot of fans didn't like that. Uh, personally, I love Heartwork. It's it may even be my my favorite album that they ever did. Um, but I still love the back catalog. In fact, uh, Symphonies of Sickness was the first compact disc I ever owned. Of course, I had many tapes before that, but I couldn't find it on tape. I bought the CD just because I finally found it somewhere. And I've been uh, searching for it. You know, this shit wasn't, you couldn't go online back then. There was no online. I finally found Sym Symphonies of Sickness in New York when I was visiting my grandmother. Uh, and I bought the CD. I didn't even have a fucking CD player, dude. Yeah. I just was so happy to get a hold just of it. Just because you found it, like, I had to get it while I, yeah. Yeah, I finally found it, yeah. You're yeah. like, I'll eventually get a CD player, but I might yeah. never find this CD again, so. And, and even though I've gone to, like, all digital and everything, I still have that fucking CD. I'll never get rid of it. Do you uh you know who I like uh they actually have a, a lot uh, several of their albums on vinyl is Cattle Decapitation. Mm -hmm. Do you listen yeah. to them at all? Not much. They're okay. Like I when I've heard them I've liked them but I'm not like I wouldn't call myself a fan. I would like I don't not as in a negative way. I just like Yeah, I know. I, you just don't know. Yeah, you just don't know. Yeah. I I like them. I guess that you would call them grindy grindcore death. They're super technical. Like a couple of those guys are were in the Locusts. Uh I don't know if you like know who that is but it's like this weird I do. froggy I do. yeah math they put out these four like seven inch records i ha i bought all those too uh the locust the, the thing with me is uh because i grew up in the scene um like my attachment to death metal is really from that era so i like all the old school stuff i like you know i like cannibal corpse and uh pungent stench morbid angel deicide like that's my death metal um, particularly the stuff from Florida, because that was my scene. 
Uh, so a lot of the newer stuff, uh, like and a lot of like the black metal from Norway and all that stuff. Like you know, I like I love the story of Mayhem because it's so crazy. But like yeah. the, music, the music is fucking unbearable to me. I can't listen to it. It's just uh, noise. What's the dude's name in Deicide? Uh, the singer, Glenn Benton. Glenn Benton. Yeah. In this book, they talk about like his first like office of whatever, like their mm. label or something. It was it was like the uh, this the basement in Evil Dead. He had it mm-hmm. look like that, where it's just all fucking yeah, dungeony and fucking crazy. He's he like is, a legit devil worshiping weirdo, he is, right? He is, yeah. He, like he actually burned a satanic. Uh, he burned an upside down cross into his on forehead. his forehead, dude. His That's hardcore. Forehead. Yeah. That's no, hardcore. He, he is hardcore. But at the same time, like the lyrics to Deicide, like are like so overly satanic, it's almost comical. Uh, and yeah, like he he's yeah. so he's so into it that he becomes cheesy in my in my personal opinion. He's kind of like the the Count Chocula of death metal. You know, he's yeah. like I, he's like he's so like I'm so evil, but I'm so corny. Like at the same time, and I don't think he intends to be. He doesn't no, because yeah. in this book also they talk about like these some of these early bands. You know. Uh, writing in like they're specifically they're all trying to be as hardcore as they can and as fat like i said as fast as they can so some of them are like using things from like the necronomicon because they just want to be as evilly sounding as possible and then it also like it's awesome to read about how the vocalists like how this like whole thing came about the growling and Mm -hmm. you know who did it first and who did you know all this that's so fucking it's interesting to me i love that shit Uh, first chuck did it first he did. I mean, I don't know, dude. He around the, the, no, 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 no. There's no, no. We'll have no, to no, look no. at the book. I don't know. We'll have to go to the don't, book, dude. Don't fucking start with me, Chuck from Death. He was the guy who did the brrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrr
book of the week today. Uh, and this week's book of the week is Seeing Things by Sonora Taylor. Uh, I, uh, I met her in the IRL in real life, as the kids say, uh, at Scares That Care. She was actually across the table. I'm glad you explained. I'm yeah. glad you explained because uh, I wouldn't have known what that meant. She was across the table and I, I got to meet her in person because it was like, oh, she's, she, she, she was, you know, nice, came over, uh, to me and was like, hey, I'm so and so, you know, I'm Sonora from the, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. Nice to meet you. And, uh, she's lovely and, uh, she's, you know, she's been writing, um, and putting out a lot of stuff lately since I since I've uh, encountered you know met her and stuff and she had a book that just came out on uh, just last week on uh, no uh, the I mean in, in this past summer that is uh, pretty recent. Well, that's that a big to... that's a big difference between this week and, and I, I know I know because <laughs> I, I I misspoke because I looked I was looking at the word June and I was reading it as January because uh, I am. Uh, a retard disabled okay we can't <laughs> necessarily but uh i just that was i just i just had a, a, a misfire there but no this came out yeah. in june and uh you know i want to go ahead and read this this is this, the synopsis of this i think it sounds very very cool so um seeing things it's uh abby gilman has discovered that with growing up there comes a lot of blood but nothing prepares her for the trail of blood she sees in the hallway after class or the ghost she finds crammed inside an abandoned locker. No one believes Abby, of course. She's only seeing things. As much as Abby wants to be believed, what she wants more is to know why she can suddenly see the dead. Unfortunately, they won't tell her. In fact, none of them will speak to her. At all. Abby leaves for her annual summer visit to her uncle's house with tons of questions. The visit will give her answers the ghosts won't but she may not like what she finds out and this is available now this is out now it's it's yes paperback and kindle and uh in in january in january (laughs) it has been out since june but it's got a lot of favorable reviews and uh, a decent amount of reviews so uh, you know, and I, I, let me just read her biography as well. Sonora Taylor is the award-winning author of Little Paranoia's Stories Without Conditions. I almost forgot how to read for a second. Uh, <laughs> the, Crow, the Crow's Gift and Other Tales, Please Give, and Wither and Other Stories. Her short stories have appeared in multiple publications, including Camden Parks Press, Quoth the Raven, Candisha Press's Women of Horror Volume 1, Graveyard Smash, The Siren's Call, Frozen Wavelets, Mercurial Stories, Tales of Terrify, and the Ladies of Horror Fiction podcast. Her latest book, Seeing Things, which we just did, is now available. She lives in Arlington, Virginia, with her husband. Sorry, Ladies and men, she's taking <laughs> Sorry, ladies. And men, I said. Oh, God. You can't exclude anybody these days, dude. You got to take all comers. And I do mean all comers. Uh, and take, take wah, you know. wah, wah. So shouts out, Sonora. Uh, I hope I get to do, see you uh, at a convention soon whenever we uh, get to do those and we're not dead. Um, and uh, congratulations on this book. Looking forward and, to reading. Yeah, congratulations, and, and I'm glad that we uh, have been consistently doing uh, women uh, lately. You know, like this is Women of Horror Month is February, um, but this I is believe, women of women in horror month, yes. But 
what from what I've been seeing is it's being changed to March because uh, February, of course, is, is Black wow. History, History Month. Month. Yeah. So we should focus on African American authors. So it's kind of been like shifted around, but whatever. Like 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 it's still kind of Women in Horror Month. So I don't know. Uh, you you want to? I don't know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I don't know what the hell I'm saying. It's being moved around is what I'm saying. So anyway, uh, Sonora <laughs> Taylor's book, Seeing Things, I, I recommend it. Like I said, I'm looking forward to read it. She has uh, always been very cool, and I'm looking forward to I, – I looking forward? i looking forward. I'm looking forward to seeing you out there. And, uh, yeah, that's my book of the week. Very Buddy. good. Very good, sir. Very good indeed. Well, uh, well, well, well. Oh, well. oh, I just there. got some- I just got surprised by a bear. Did you see that? I saw it, dude. Make yourself bigger than you appear. That's how yeah. that's how you scare a bear. <laughs> oh, I don't want to scare the bear. I want to live the bear. Yeah. Oh, I got a reward. I love the bear. Bear is the your dog. Your yeah. wonderful dog. She uh, probably she... misses me. Probably comes down and smells the couch every day, wondering where I'm at. It's her couch. Uh, she, it, it like the stink of bear on that couch will never come out. Uh, she owns it. But I slept uh, naked on that couch. Mm-hmm. 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 I did. Well, good for you. Good, um, yeah. Good for me, indeed. Good for you. But uh, Bear also s- sleeps naked on that couch. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, she anyway. just uh, she just busted into the room and surprised me, uh, and I always reward her for that. I always, you know, so I'm petting her like crazy. Oh, good girl. Speaking I of dogs, you can probably hear my dog fucking barking in the background. Do you hear? I did earlier. I did earlier. I don't really hear him right now. Oh, good. Good. But, uh, yes, all dogs. All dogs go to heaven. I need to see if that's a novelization. I need to find that. <laughs> right after oh. we write the bat pussy novelization. Yeah, dude. If I find there's an all dogs go to heaven novelization, I will read the entire thing on this show. Wow, that could be some extra content dude that could be uh you know that'll be a whole new segment i'm looking into it yeah let's find right now let's find okay. that okay uh, but i don't have that right now but i do have another one i'm going to read from so that brings us right to our next segment mm-hmm. which of course is everybody's favorite or at least ours and we say it's everyone's favorite ridiculous reads <laughs> Ridiculous reads. That's you, buddy. It's oh, me. you did a King Baby move right there. That was like a <laughs> reminded me of King Baby New Year almost. Good I had like a flashback, dude. King Baby New Year, yeah. <laughs> what a dude, when you did when you did go when Baby New Year went back on his on his back like legs like he was bent and then he came right back up. That was pretty hilarious. I <laughs> knew that one. That was pretty funny. Made me laugh. Yeah. I, I I would I would have to see it again because I was really fucked up that that you night. weren't even there, dude. You were out spraying a hose on old man twenty twenty one. That's why. That's why I don't remember. That's why you don't remember it. You have to watch okay. it. Yeah. Anyway. All right. All right. So ridiculous reads. Uh, I've got something something special, uh, and I do want to give credit where it's due. This is from the Mum Library. My good friend Tom, who sent me that's a- out. Uh, as I've told the story before on the show, he sent me a bunch of uh, novelizations, and this is one of them. Uh, 
and this is this is a fine fine film and i think it'll it'll be a fine fine read i think we could really learn a lot from this uh it's a novel by ed naha uh is, is the last name n-a-h-a naha <clears throat> just like it sounds just i guess just like that's it how it's said you know uh, but anyway, this is a little book called Ghostbusters 2. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> the sequel nice. to the smash hit Ghostbusters. Uh, so, original Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they're back with twice yeah. the know-how and twice the particle power to pulverize those evil Denzians of the Neverworld. Guess who's coming to save the world again? The Ghostbusters. Is it Denzians or Denizens? I don't know. Den Denizens is probably right. How I is it spelled? Uh, it's it's. I'm confused because if I've been saying it wrong, I want to know. I probably. I'm not trying to call wrong. you out. No, I probably have. It's probably Denizens. D e n i z e n. So you're probably right. Um, there's Can many I... many words that I don't pronounce well because like i grew up in florida so people didn't oh enough said right no no explanation no like i like a lot of these words i learned in books and so i say them wrong because i never heard them said but i know what they mean you know um so you should yeah like if someone uses a word in the correct context but pronounces it wrong you shouldn't make fun of them because that means they learned that means they learned it by reading uh, and then it also means that they learn they live in a society that doesn't read and doesn't have a big vocabulary. So just a little word of the wise to people. OK, is that like some subtle dig at me calling you out on the word? I just I was trying to see if I would it if I was saying it wrong. No, it wasn't a dig at you. It's it's just one of those things like where people just one like, of them things. <laughs> no, I noticed this very much when I moved from Florida to Massachusetts, which is much more learned than mm -hmm. uh, the people in Florida. Oh, and yeah, like, Harvard is there, dude. Yeah, yeah. I lived, you know, like 15 minutes away from Harvard when I lived there. Uh, you think and... you got smart from osmosis by no, proximity? No, no, I think I got smart uh, because I was an autodidact and I learned things on my own. Excuse me? Uh, an autodidact. It's someone who teaches themselves. It's someone who masters something by their own accord, who isn't taught by others, but learns on, on his own volition. Oh yeah, um, man! I've autodidacted a couple of things in my in my time. <laughs> well, it's it's not like a verb; it's an it's a noun. It's an yeah, auto. Sure, man. Sure, sure. Yeah. But right. anyway, uh, that's that's why I think I developed my excuse me vocabulary, yeah. uh, not uh, through some magic beans bullshit, uh, you know. But uh, anyway, magic beans bullshit. <laughs> you were saying like I learned. No, you were saying I learned it through osmosis, like like I just magically absorbed. Oh, I wasn't suggesting that. I was saying, do you think that living close to Harvard, you could you could absorb, uh, because it's such concentrated intelligence? Do you think that it's in the like uh, collective consciousness of that area and being close to it? Well, you no, could people were people into that in some way. People are definitely smarter up there. Absolutely. Just posing the question, I think that is that that's that might be possible. I don't know. No, no I, I mean it's possible, but I mean I didn't fucking go to Harvard. You know, I was still I working. I was well. Let me say what I'm saying. I, I like I didn't go to Harvard. I was still, um, I was still working. Like I was working menial jobs. You know, so I wasn't like 
amongst the illiterati, you know, like I, I wasn't, you know, like side by side with chemists and shit. I was, you know, still working with dolts, you know, I, you, you were a, you were a custodian and you would write, you know, math problems and equations out on all the, yeah. the white, the whiteboards. Good, good and the, hunting is based the, on, in the, absolutely. but uh, you know, in reality, I can run one of those scrubber machines. I know them inside and out. I can repair it. Dude. I bet, dude. I've seen your snowblower. That's a yeah. piece of uh, that's a work to be seen. I had to repair that recently. Oh, yeah, you did. The carburetor froze. That's one. There's of the a carburetor that... on a snowblower. What the fuck? Yeah, of course it's a gas. What the fuck? Engine. Oh, excuse me, all to hell. I don't know how this works, dude. You don't know anything. You don't even know how to change your own oil on your car. You don't know a goddamn thing. No, I don't. Yeah. Anyway, this isn't about how inept you are it's about ghostbusters uh can i ask a real quick question before you dive in are you going to talk about the uh were you already going to talk about the theme of ghostbusters at all because i have uh something to say about it yeah well we're going to get into that when we get into our topic i think uh uh because this is ghostbusters 2 i'm not really getting into the first right right from the novelization so yeah because i don't want you to say that i jumped all over your you know ahead of time and pulled the wool out from under your you know so yes yes well you're already interrupting me when i'm trying to read from this so you did you did accomplish that no wait let me go ahead and interrupt you because Mm -hmm. uh i haven't mentioned nick p yet and we're 46 minutes oh yeah yeah i want to shouts out nick p we watched conan the destroyer which is uh jingling graders of coins uh, no one cares. Uh, but uh, actually, I mentioned Nick B because the whole tripping on acid thing. So he was already mentioned. Uh, so you need to get your shit together. Uh, anyway, this is uh, doesn't count. This is a novel by Ed Naha based on a motion picture written by Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd based on the characters created by Dan Aykroyd and Hall- uh, Harold Ramis, the late Harold Ramis, who is a fucking movie genius. Rest in power. Uh, so anyway, I'm going to read from Ghostbusters 2, uh, and if I can find my bookmark, where the fuck is it? <laughs> there it is. Um, uh, so this is this is late in the film and late in the book, uh, and at this point, the Ghostbusters are trying to convince the mayor uh, that they need to um, they need to get shit together and they need to uh act on this evil slime that is underneath new york city and the evil slime makes people angry and fight against each other so i'm gonna read a little bit of that and i'm also going to read a little bit about um uh uh what what the fuck the carpathian what the fuck is this name i don't remember uh not gozer it's the guy uh, in the portrait yeah yeah what's this vigo vigo the carpathian yeah why could i remember carpathian and not Vigo, I don't know, but I could. Uh, So anyway, I'm going to read a little bit uh, uh, about all of this. The Ghostbusters strode into the room. The mayor was clearly fighting back an outburst of sudden, albeit sincere, anger. He wasn't happy about being dragged out of a formal reception. He was even less happy about seeing the smirking face of Peter Venkman again. His doctor had warned him about his blood pressure. Right now, he felt about as stable as a Pop-Tart in a microwave. Okay, who puts a Pop-Tart in a microwave, by the way? Dude, uh, people, like, uh, I I guarantee you that people in the north, in the east, northeast, close to where you live, probably fucking do that, dude. Bullshit. Toaster. 
Dude, of course, that's where it goes. It goes in a toaster. It goes in a fucking but toaster. Why would I people probably? The, why would people in the Northeast do it? By the way, why did you mention them instead of the fucking inbred hicks that you live around in Texas? Why because wouldn't I think, it be them? Because I think my mom and dad like were like, yeah, put it in the microwave, and that's where they're from. They're evil. Uh, all right, the mayor hissed. That's out, mom. <laughs> all She's right, be so mad. <laughs> Ghostbusters, I'll tell you right now, I've got 200 of the heaviest campaign contributors in the city out there eating bad roast chicken just waiting for me to give the speech of my life. You got two minutes. You better make it good. Stands clumped forward. Is that something you do when you walk? Clump? Mr. Mayor, there is a psychomagnetic slime flow of immense proportions building up under this city. The mayor gaped at stance. Psycho, what? Spangler waddled toward the mayor. <laughs> waddled? Uh, we believe that negative human emotions are materializing in the form of a vicious semi-liquid living psychoreactive plasm with explosive sub-paranormal potential. The mayor heaved a heavy sigh. Doesn't anyone speak English anymore? Winston braced himself and walked up to the mayor. Yeah, man. What we're trying to tell you is that all the bad feelings, all the hate and anger and violence of this city are turning into this strange sludge. I didn't believe it at first either, but we just took a bath in it, and we ended up almost killing each other. Hardemeyer clenched his carefully shaved jaw. <laughs> what the fuck? Who writes that? Uh, that's the mayor, that's by the way. The, clenched his, his carefully shaved jaw. Like, that's information the reader doesn't need. Like, it's pointless writing. Uh, but anyway, he clenched it, and he leapt forward. This is insane! He intoned uh, 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 in a voice used only by Ivy League grads. So the Harvard people that I had osmosis, osmosis through. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Hardmeyer is not the mayor. He's the prick. Uh, anyway, he turns towards the mayor. Do we really have to listen to this? Vankman marched into the fray. Hey, hairball, butt out. He stood before the mayor. Look, Lenny. You have to admit, there's no shortage of bad vibes in this town. There must be at least a couple of million miserable assholes in the tri-state area. He pointed to Heidermeyer. And here's a good example. Ah, he fucking burned him. Stance joined in. You get enough negative energy flowing in a dense environment like Manhattan, and it starts to build up. If we don't do something fast, this whole place will blow up like a frog on a hot plate. Because uh, that's what you do with frogs. I guess you, you explode them. Uh, so, anyway. Winston nodded. Tell him about the toaster. Vankman shrugged. I don't think Lenny is ready for the toaster. The mayor shook his head from side to side. Being miserable and treating other people like dirt is every New Yorker's God-given right. I'm sorry, none of this makes any sense to me. If anything does happen, we've got plenty of paid professionals to deal with it. Your two minutes are up. Good night, gentlemen. And this is one of the things, uh, if I might, if I may, this is one. This is one of the okay. things. This is one of the things about Ghostbusters Two that never made any sense to me, because in Ghostbusters One. Uh, they saved the world. Like everyone in New York City saw these ghosts, saw the 
Stay Puft Marshmallow Man and Gozer the Carpathian and all that shit. Like right. they saw all of this. And yet yeah. in part two, they're all just like, like ghost, the Ghostbusters are like a party favor and they're just laughed at and people are just like, oh, these people are a bunch of clowns. It's like, how did these people all forget that the supernatural, like in the ghosts and shit nearly caused the end of the fucking world and the Ghostbusters are the only thing that stands between them and the forces of evil. They totally forget that. Well, some uh, people think that the election was stolen from Trump too. So, you know, it, it seems like that would... You got a point, yeah. You know. People create those, their own, those yeah. people. Yeah, those people probably. I blame them. Reduce too. the 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 Ghostbusters to part to birthday party clowns. You're probably right. The mayor leapt out of his chair and rushed out of his den. The Ghostbusters stared at Hardemeyer. Hardemeyer ran a comb through his neatly groomed hair, offering the quartet a well rehearsed smirk. That's quite a story. Finkman retorted. Yeah, I think the New York Times would be interested, don't you? I know, sure as heck, that the New York Post would have a lot of fun with it. Hardenmeyer's eyes flipped to their cold and calculating stare. Before you go running to the newspapers with your story, would you consider telling this slime epic to some people downtown? Vankman smiled. No, you're talking. Hardemeyer allowed the Ghostbusters to leave uh, Gracie Mansion. He picked up the phone, grinning. I hope you geeks like straitjackets, he said with a sneer. God, politics was a great life. And then I'm going to the next scene. Parkview Hospital was a great place if you happened to be one card short of a full deck. Most patients either talked to themselves, took orders from extraterrestrial beings, or were sure that they were the second coming of the deity of their choice. And already I'm offended uh, by this portrayal of people with mental illness. Uh, since Fankman, Stance, Spangler, and Winston didn't claim any of those things, they weren't too excited about being locked up in a padded cell. The four stood handcuffed in the rubber room, their cuffs firmly attached to the thick leather belts strapped tightly around their waists. And I'm going to skip this. Uh, blah, 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 Okay, so I'm going to get to uh, uh, Vigo and his buddy. Uh, as dawn approached, Dana Barrett tossed in her sleep at Vankman's place. Lewis and Janine had remained at the apartment, not wanting to leave Dana alone and unguarded. She had spent half the night worrying about Vankman and the boys. Within the last five hours, it seemed as if they had disappeared off the face of the earth. It would be morning soon. It wasn't like Vankman not to call, especially when the stakes were so high. Huddled in front of the TV, Lewis and Janine watched a, a return of Family Feud. Huh? Huh? Steve, Steve Harvey? Um... <laughs> did you say a re a return of family feud or I'm a, sorry, rerun? a rerun of family feud okay so it wasn't a misprint in the book because i was like oh no, shit no, no, oh, that okay was, okay that was, that was me it says rerun uh dana's that uh, probably wasn't steve harvey at the time anyway no it was not steve harvey at the time <laughs> dude give me a fucking like, like, i loved by the way i love like how like offended you got at all that and like the champing against the old family feud host i could give less of a shit about family feud i don't think i've ever watched a full episode who cares richard dawson's my man dude okay fine Kissing on the lips yeah 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 um dana's work area 
in the museum stood deserted. Across the restoration studio, an impatient Jonas Foa, this is the little uh, twerp that is uh, helping Vigo uh, achieve his goals, uh, Vigo being the, the evil evil spirit. Um, an impatient Jonas Foa stood before the mighty painting of Vigo. Vigo's eyes shimmered, and the portrait gradually came to life. As usual, the first thing the thundering voice of Vigo did was to recite the litany of his power. Geno sighed. He'd heard this all before, many times. Frankly, it was beginning to appeal to him as much as a broken record. What, what an analogy for a writer to use, broken record. Like a broken record. <laughs> I love it. I, Vigo, the scourge of Carpathia, the sorrow of Moldavia, command you. Genos nodded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Command me, Lord. On a mountain of skulls in a castle of pain, I sat upon a throne of blood. That's acting, huh? Uh. Jonas rolled his eyes. Ugh, the skulls again. 20,000 corpses swung from my walls and parapets, and the rivers ran with tears, and I wore jangling girdles of coin. <laughs> it does not say that. <laughs> it doesn't, of course. I added uh, that. Okay. That's, that's what you call a callback in comedy. Darling. Um, the wiry artist nodded. The parapets, yes, I know. By the power of the book of Gombots, not Gobots, uh, but Gombots. What was will be, what is will be no more. Then, now and always, the kingdom of the damned. Genoa's checked his wristwatch. I await the word of Vigo. Vigo's glowing mouth began to twitch. I have watched the centuries wither before me and waited for the time when the tide of men's sins would swell to bring me forth again. Now is that time, and here the place. Beneath this realm there flows a foamy unholy pile born from the evil in man. <laughs> you seem to be enjoying my reading. Uh, I'm getting uh, enjoying <laughs> it, dude. You're, you're thunderstruck. Uh, Genosa's thunderstruck! Genosa's attention perked up. This was new. Upon this unholy matter, Vigo continued, will I float the vassal of my freedom? I think he's talking about a, a turd there. Uh, floating a turd. Um, ah, but like dropping a floater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leaving it, leaving it hanging. Yeah, like uh, the fucking tank floater, like when you put it in the tank, you know? Oh, Upper Decker, you mean? Upper Decker, thank you, thank you, yeah. You're, oh, you're uh, welcome. I know a lot about toilet things. I, I'm sure you, it's just one thing you do know is, is toilets. Um, the season of evil begins with the birth of the new year. Bring me the child that I might live again. Genos found himself transfixed with awe. Lord, Vigo, this woman, Dana, is a fine and strong woman. I was wondering, well, would it be possible? Could I have her? Vigo emitted a... Th 
<laughs> Vigo admitted a thunderous laugh. Ha, ha, ha. So be it, the spirit vowed. On this day of darkness, she will be ours. Wife to you, mother to me. Vigo's laughter echoed through the restoration studio. It grew stronger and stronger, more and more Olympian. So strong, in fact, that it reached forward into the heavens and split the sky. Genoa's looked up through the room's skylight as a strange and terrifying sight unfolded over New York. Darkness caressed the city as the sun above it was sent magically into an eclipse. Okay, so people would probably notice an, an unscheduled eclipse, but whatever. At the Parkview Psychiatric Ward day room, Peter Vankman sat among a small gaggle of patients who had trouble breathing and blinking at the same time. Very offensive. Uh, he carefully worked at his occupational therapy, weaving on a hand loom. Suddenly, the room was plunged into darkness. Vankman wasn't pleased. Hit the light there, Winston. I'm trying to finish my potholder before lunch. Winston didn't respond. He, Spangler, and Stance stood in the center of the room, gazing through the mesh-covered windows into the newly darkened sky. Stance's mouth Dropped open. Total spontaneous, spite. Sorry, total spontaneous solar eclipse. He gasped. He see, he kind of like a little bit of a Burt Ward Robin in there. Uh, he faced his two companions. This is it, boys. It's starting. Shitstorm two thousand. The three men faced each other, not knowing whether to feel relieved or terrified. On the downside, it was the end of the world as they knew it. But on the plus side. They'd be a lot safer in Parkview right now than any place on the streets of Manhattan. And I'm going to end it right there because I think that's a perfect read. What a cliffhanger. What a perfect read. I do appreciate your voice uh, techniques during that one. Uh, your impressions of the acting. Ghostbusters. It's acting. acting. Uh, yeah, that, you're right. Um, I'm a thespian. You are. Yep. You are. That was good. Uh, that was good. Did you ever watch <laughs> the Ghostbusters cartoon or the real Ghostbusters cartoon yeah, yeah, that they I, had I, where it was uh, like the... I know the what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, the real Ghostbusters, yeah. Did you ever watch uh, that cartoon? Not much, no. I was a little a little too old for it by the time it came out. Oh, that's right. I forgot. You're yeah. Two years older than me. But... <laughs> well, I mean... I watched it. Well, yeah, I mean, you were you were 17 watching it, um, and yeah. I was not. Uh, I was getting laid. Oh, having sex with girls. Oh. <laughs> well, you were in Bible camp watching the real Ghostbusters, you know. God, so, I wish they let us watch the real Ghostbusters in Bible camp. I'm that sure, is, yeah. Something I'm sure it was considered it. satanic and had, you know, ghosts and stuff, so. Uh, that was a very funny, ridiculous read. Uh, I love Ghostbusters, of course, we all do. And uh, I, I want to talk about Ray Parker Jr. later. But for a minute, I thought you were going to say you want to talk about rape because it's like <sighs> Ray Parker. What the hell, dude? <laughs> well, I, I heard rape. I, well, I mean, you hear what you want to hear. <laughs> okay. We... That's terrible. Why would Jeez. I say that? Why would I, I say that? I don't. No filter. No filter. Like, I can't help myself. Like, 
if it, if you're not supposed to say it, I say it. I don't know what my problem is. Well, I know what your problem is not. Your problem is not getting calls on the Corey hotline this week because oh. we, have, we have quite a few calls to listen to. Well, 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 well. All right. Let's let's start with that. Uh, and once again, we still have no theme song for the Corey hotline. Uh, so we'll just jump right into it. Our next segment is the Corey Hotline. Hey, Corey, it's me, Corey. Hey, Corey, how are you? Leave a message for Corey. Corey Hotline, you can call it any time, day or night, night or day. Uh, the phone number is 832-930-1347. Uh, leave us a message. We'll play it on the show. We'll answer your questions comments all of why that. won't she call uh why won't she i don't know but she did uh Good. so we're gonna jump right into it again that number is 832-930-1347 and uh we're gonna start with our first message here so uh let's let's, let's do it do it here we go okay that was the first message. I think somebody uh I think somebody uh messed I don't know what that was. They hung up or they got they got P shy perhaps. Um maybe, maybe, maybe they're trying maybe they're trying to order a pizza. Corey's pizza lives is in their neighborhood. I don't know. That could be oh, anything. Oh two Corey's pizza? Dude, what if we started two Corey's pizza and that was our retirement plan? We dude. Like if you and I ran a pizza place, it it'd be the greatest pizza place ever. Oh, uh, we would have nothing, nothing but pictures of Corey's like everywhere. You know, like most Italian places has pictures of like the Godfather and Sinatra and stuff. Nah, mm-hmm. we'll have we'll just have two Corey's. Two Corey's <laughs> everywhere. everywhere. Posters everywhere. Of, like, posters of their movies Post- and stuff. Yeah, like yeah. portraits that are made of like smaller yes. pictures of them. Like yes. you know, so it's one dude, of those deals. Dude, made of macaroni. Like <laughs> we'll have, oh, we'll have macaroni portraits <laughs> for sure, dude. Of, of like Corey Feldman, like fucking uh, in Dream a Little Dream, like his long jerry curled hair with fucking made of macaroni. Oh, it'd be incredible. It's gonna be awesome. Uh patent pending, so no one steal our idea. You fuck. Yes, yes. Uh let's go on to the next message. Next caller. See if this this one ha- happened for us. Hey guys, this is Ryan Harding, co-writer with Chris on the upcoming book, The Night Stalkers, as well as Pandemonium with Lucas Mangum, which you were cool enough to feature as your book of the week on the episode about cannibalism. Very apropos. I want to say thanks for that and agree that the back copy is misleading about Dario Argento and demons. Um, I'd (laughs) rather it said Lamberto Baba's demons. But we do mention both of them in the acknowledgments and other major contributors to uh, the last two demons, to the two demons movies and Michaela Suave's The Church. Yes. <clears throat> so you understandably called us out on that, but thankfully you left me the chance to call you back. Uh, on the Stuart Gordon retrospective, you said he directed The Dentist, but he only co-wrote it. And uh, that was a Brian Yesma movie. 
Yes. John Wayne, if you didn't think of it, the movie you were trying to come up with where people were buying the celebrity viruses was Antiviral by uh, David Cronenberg's son, Brandon. Yes, that His was it. His new movie, Possessor, should be out on Hulu later this month, hopefully the uncut version, which everyone should check out because it has some pretty shocking stuff. I rather enjoyed it. And one last message to John Wayne. I think it's, it's the Thanks dude lot, screaming Richie. Later. Yeah. <laughs> Richie! <laughs> fuck yeah, yeah. dude. What's Richie Valance's brother screaming. Yeah, yeah. Thank no, you. Uh, fuck no, yeah. His mom. His mom screaming. That was, uh, that was okay. That was yeah. that was great. Thanks, Ryan, for calling in. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I'm glad that you acknowledged the fact that I called you out on the Lamberto uh, Baba thing with demons. And uh, you're right. We actually had a couple of mistakes in the Stuart Gordon. Um, we did. Uh, we had a. We, had we a, did. Honey, uh, I shrunk the kids. Mistake. Yeah, like I, I said, honey, I shrunk. Like they directed, honey, I shrunk the kids. When he actually just like wrote it, came up with the concept. I he agreed with that. you. I thought he as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think one of the ways we got screwed up is uh, because, like you said, he directed an episode of the TV show, uh, which he did. Um, I don't remember saying that he directed the dentist. I, maybe I don't know. Maybe you did. Uh, because I, I I know he didn't do that. I know he didn't do that. Maybe I maybe we said it by mistake. But no, I I definitely know he didn't do the dentist. Uh, Brian Usna is fucking amazing. I love Usna. He did Bride Reanimator. He did Return of the Living Dead Three. Society. Like like I've talked about him. Society. Yeah, he's fucking great. Uh, underrated uh, for sure. Uh, but anyway, Ryan. Awesome to hear from you. Call anytime. You're the man. Yeah, and that movie, Antiviral, that is Cronenberg's son did it. Uh, yeah, check that movie out. Yeah, I it think was... he's, what's his name? Brendan Cronenberg, I think. Yeah, right? it's awesome. And yeah. uh, if and like like he said in the message, like he has a new movie, Possessor, that's coming out on Hulu this month. I'm be I'm gonna be all over that because I really liked that antiviral movie. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm excited to see it. Um, um. Yeah, I don't think I've seen any of his movies yet, but I, I, I've been excited for Possessor. I definitely want to check it out, and hopefully I can see, like Ryan mentioned, the uh, the director's cut, the uncut version. Watch Antiviral, dude. By the way, D- David Cronenberg uh, is, uh, Viggo Mortensen was recently in an interview saying that he's working on a project with Cronenberg that's actually a return to horror for David Cronenberg, which is ah. super fucking exciting. Uh, he's definitely done some really cool stuff in recent years with, you know, uh, well, I mean, it's a long time ago now, but History of Violence, movies like that. But they're not horror. Um, so the, the the fact that he might be returning to horror is super exciting for the, the horror community. Yeah, absolutely. And and when does uh, Night Stalkers come out again? Night Stalkers uh, by myself and Ryan uh, comes out uh, in the end of March. Sweet. Yes, uh, and that's not it's stalkers. S T O C K. Yeah, but but the O is a pentagram. So uh, night, uh... The night stalkers. Yes, it's a pun. It's a it's you know uh, it's a uh, extreme horror comedy about rival grocery stores. Uh, so I we hope you all will enjoy that. It's coming out soon from Evil Cookie Press. Cool, and I also have my copy of Pandemonium. I have it on my brand new. Uh, tbr shelf dude i i built believe believe it or not i'm walking on air but i also built <laughs> a, a bookshelf that uh my 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 in-laws gave me for my birth uh, you know we just uh 
had like a late birthday celebration with them, like socially distanced and stuff in their backyard. Mm -hmm. And they gave me this bookshelf that's pretty rad where it's like all these slanted shelves. It's about like four feet high. And uh, I, it's like my TBR shelf. So I have all the books that I haven't read yet on it. And uh, not to be confused with your PBR shelf. Shelf. Yeah. Which is all the beers that stacks of PBR stacks (laughs) of beers, like drank under halfies, you know, (laughs) half chubs. You know, all that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I have my Pandemonium copy. It's on there. I'm looking forward to reading that. And then Night Stalkers will be on there when that comes out as well. So give us thanks. Uh, appreciate it, Ryan. Give us a call anytime. Call yeah. us. Call us anytime. Uh, are you ready to move on? Yeah, let's do all it. All right. We have another message. Here we go. Hello, boys. This is George Silverman calling you back. I hope you're both having a wonderful time in this glorious, glorious weather that we're having on the East Coast. I, I was listening to your show, and I heard I heard the Stevie Nicks, and, and I know for sure that that's the real Stevie Nicks, because of I know course. what it sounds like when she ganks. I know it, that's, too. That's the best <laughs> way to tell if you've got a real Stevie Nicks on your hands, mm-hmm. is shove something down her throat, oh, and, and there's just no denying that that was the real Stevie Nicks. Uh, I... I know I, I can I know everything about her. I can find her in a room blindfolded in the dark. Uh, she smells like cat dander and uh, <laughs> an entire carton of almost cigarettes. You, you just can't miss it. Lo- love the show. Uh, this is like my fifth time calling. I listen all the time. You know me. It's George. Uh, love you guys. Bye. George, I love you too, George. George, you might have to become an official, unofficial mascot of the show. Like, we got to put George on the show. Who the fuck is this guy? Uh, George Silverman clearly has identified himself every five times he's called. No, but like, like I know I would need to know his origin story. Uh, You know, it's uh, oh god, that that was a good call. I mean, George, if you want to call in and give us your origin story, I guess. Christ, that. We, maybe we starting a from a whole fucking can of worms now. Starting from right. when you were born on a dark and stormy night. No, no, remember, uh, but, one minute calls, please. One minute calls. No, I uh, mean, or, you know, and but I mean, this is great because we get people like Stevie Nicks. We have great. This is you know, big time celebrities calling into the show, dude. Sure. Stevie Nicks, the great George Silverman. You know, he knows her gag. He knows it's her, dude. And I want I believe him. OK. Next caller. Next caller. Okay. All right. Here's our next caller. Hey, Chris and John. Hey, uh, Chris, I really loved your work with uh, the crap. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) Is that it? That's it. Okay. He he loved my work, but he couldn't name them. Okay. Well, thanks. He might have. But he might have called. I think he, he's the next actually to call back. So maybe his All phone right. fucked up or something. So okay. I right. think he's called back on this next one. Looks like it's the same number. Here we go. All right. Hey, Chris and John. Uh, John Wayne. So I love uh, Chris. I love your work with uh, The Long Shadows of October and uh, Going to See the Riverman. Excellent books. Thank you. And um, going back to the episode of Eating Human Flesh, there was a story that I remember that happened in my hometown some years ago, back in like 2004, where a girl had to go to a doctor and she had some disease in her mouth. And what it ended up happening was they found out that she had been dating a guy that was from Germany and the dude was, apparently he 
kill somebody over in Germany and was getting like putting his dick in the corpse's mouth. And so then he came to America and then got with this girl and she ended up getting this disease in her mouth. Whoa. From this dude's dick. That's awesome. And I I just listening to that episode reminded me of that story. I thought you guys would find it pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, again, love your work. Appreciate it. Right. Bye. Well, th- thanks for calling, dude. Thank you. That's that. That's great. I really appreciate that. I- I'm glad that you love uh, my stuff. Um, and that that's fucking crazy. Like, this, uh, this so, is a mystery caller. He didn't even identify him. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, but know. that's that's a really crazy story. I'm gonna have to look that up. That like so, some some guy was like like he's mouth- killing people, putting his dick in their mouths. And then I guess goes to America and gets an actual blowjob from a living person and gives them a like mouth disease uh, passed on from fucking dead mouths. <laughs> so that's uh, that's really something, man. That's fucking that crazy. sounds like that should be in one of the books that somebody writes. Somebody that Some might named, named me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that's a really cool story. Thanks for calling in, dude. Uh, really appreciate absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, dude. Call anytime. And then again, anybody, uh, you can call anytime, night or day, and ask us any question, whatever you would like to. Uh, if you want to bubba buoy us and hang up, that's fine as well. But we do appreciate any kind of questions or feedback uh, that we could help with. Uh, especially thanks to George Silverman. Uh, thanks to Ryan Harding. And uh, thanks to uh, this caller as well. Uh, Mr. And, and the person who hung up. <laughs> person who hung up. Uh, it's all fine. Uh, we take uh, all comers, all hanger uppers. It's uh, 832-930-1347. Again, 832-930-1347. Call us. Call us anytime. Do it. All right. Well, now that that's done, it's time to get into our uh, this week's topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I, I think so, right? I agree. This has gone on long enough. That's I think we said. need to get to the fucking point. Let's do um, it. Yeah, okay, so that brings us to our topic, which is... One, two, three, four! Soundtracks. Soundtracks. Movie soundtracks. That's what that's what we're going to talk about today, folks. Uh, soundtracks and the people who love them, uh, including us. Exactly. Right. So let's get right into that topic. Um, I do want to mention that uh, John Carpenter, the the master of the horror soundtrack with his uh, infamous uh, synth records, uh, he recently just came out with Lost Themes 3, a new album, which was very exciting. Uh, Not a soundtrack, but those who are familiar with Carpenter and uh, his son Cody and the whole band, uh, they do um, these Lost Themes albums, which are kind of like soundtracks for the movie in your mind. Uh, as Carpenter puts it. Uh, so that's really cool. So that came out uh, just uh, recently. So check check that out for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, we're going to talk about, like we've talked about Carpenter before many times. We did a whole show on him, so we don't need to get too deep into his stuff. I just wanted to mention that at the top. So we're talking yeah. soundtracks. Right. So would you, would you like to lead us in? Like, do you have one you want to talk about? Are you, uh, I mean... <clears throat> Are we talking about a score or first okay, or just well, like, I mean, uh, how, how are we getting into this? 
Okay, well, basically, we decided to do this show because uh, soundtracks are, are a big part of the films that they're attached yeah. to, uh, mm-hmm. and like particularly like the more like movies progressed once you got into like the 70s soundtracks became more prominent and more important um to the films and uh yeah so we wanted to talk about some of the best scores some of the best uh and then some of the best soundtracks which had actual songs um like some some soundtracks were like the songs were all written for the movie uh and yeah, like we could we could talk about whichever ones you want. Uh, so let's just like get into them. Uh, and we're also like we're gonna like kind of focus on the soundtracks that made us, the ones that really meant the most to uh, John Wayne and myself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if we're gonna start with soundtracks, I, I mean the first one of the first like soundtracks and tapes that I had, and I and I got two tapes like at the same time were the Back to the Future soundtrack and the La Bamba soundtrack at the Very same nice. time, pretty much. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> I wore those tapes out. Uh, I might have mentioned that before on an episode, right? I didn't know that you could wear tapes out, but, like, my Back to the Future and, like, I, they just, like, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? And I, you know, I thought I broke it, you know, and I tried to blame shit on my sister. I'd be like, she broke my tape. And my mom's like, no, it just that wore out. And I was oh, like, why? Wow. Just because Jesus hates me. And she was like, yes, yes. You, cut, yes. you touched your bottom. And I was like, no, you, you touched uh, your <laughs> bottom. Uh, no, that's wrong. But yeah, but I listened to that soundtrack so so much, so much. Huey Lewis. What? touched your bottom not touched your your dick but touched your bottom that's really i don't good. know jesus has weird rules dude sometimes you can't touch i'm not things. saying he doesn't i'm just saying like like rather than touch your dick you were fingering your asshole so you're an allegedly child. dude yeah allegedly child. interesting child go ahead but yeah so i that i would uh not only sing every word to every song on on that whole entire soundtrack front to back mm-hmm. uh i would do like a lip sync like in things where i would like be like oh yeah mom come up we're putting on a show and we'd like drop a curtain in right. front of our bunk beds and my sister right. and brother and i would all that i would like lip sync to it and shit or just try to like, sing along with it yeah. i was obsessed with this soundtrack and i've told this story on john wayne lied to you that was what wanted I wanted to play guitar because that movie, like when right when uh when you Marty met, McFly, yeah, did, yeah, when that. he rocks out, I was like, dude, I want to do that, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and I now I do it. You do, <clears throat> you do. Um, no, yeah, I I totally I totally dig you, man. Like uh, movies and music kind of were very infused together in the eighties when we grew up, and I think a lot of us. Uh, got a lot of our music from movies like we heard it first in the movie and then like we wanted the soundtrack uh and this is this is a true fact about me the first cassette tape that i ever paid for like with my own money uh was the soundtrack to halloween by john carpenter it was the first one wow. ever because I loved that movie, I loved that music. That was the first one I ever bought with my own money. And this is a two for episode because we get to hear your first CD that you bought, and now yes. your first tape. Holy shit, dude! If anybody and the, whoever's keeping up the Christopher Triano Wikipedia page, make this, sure you like enter this, both of these things thought, right now. So uh, no, no, I mean I had tapes before that that like my parents got for me, 
uh, which were junk. You know, it was stuff that you like as a kid. Like I had the fucking the California Raisins album. I had that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Heard it oh, through yeah. the grapevine. Yeah, yeah. And it had yeah. like it was just like this fucking you know session band just singing mm-hmm. like songs from the fifties. That's all it was. You know, so they could sell like cornflakes again. Like cause they had those like figures where that like the California it wasn't, Raisins wasn't, like. It wasn't they, cornflakes. It was raisin, raisin brand. Was, yeah, but I'm, I mean, I'm general. Yeah, generalizing. But they came like the raisin brand. They came with like these like two or like two and a half yeah. inch like figures, dude, yeah, of, the, of the raisins. Well, that that whole thing, like we could do a whole show on that. That thing swept the nation. There were T-shirts and and toys and all sorts of shit. That thing. We all had raisin fever back then. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> um, but uh, but anyway, um, yeah, the first one that I like made a point to buy myself with my own money was John Carpenter's Halloween. Um, so, uh, but yeah, like we, 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 like, I think we all got like that, uh, like got that from films. Like I bought so many, I got so many movie soundtracks, breakfast club, lost boys, uh, a dream, a little dream, uh, you know, like, like all, all these albums that I got because like, Oh, I saw the movie and the music really resonated with me. And so I got the, the fucking soundtracks, which are usually terrible. <laughs> Do you still have any of those tapes? I have those the fuck those cassettes. In fact, hold on one second. Holding. Chris is getting up. He's walking back to his thing. He grabbed something off of a shelf. Yes, it looks like something. It sorry. looks like it looks like something that you use for jacking off. <laughs> oh, it's the Halloween soundtrack. The first I one. Still you still have that. I still have it. I still have. Halloween by John Carpenter on cassette tape. Damn. And you talk about wearing shit out. It used to like say on the tape everything that was on it. And as you can see here, it's completely blank. Like I played it so much that all the text that was written on the tape is completely worn out. Worn off. Does it still yeah. play? I would assume so. It, it, it didn't like rip or anything like that. Uh, I just have it on display here in my office uh, with uh, some of my other halloween themed stuff i have you know action figures and old vhs tapes and all sorts of stuff uh yeah. collectible things uh and so, yeah it's it's up there it's up there with it um but uh but yeah um so yeah i, I was just saying like i think that a lot of us um uh, really got into soundtracks you know because of the movies in the 80s uh yeah. and, and, but i do think that the 70s is when soundtracks became something that people really got into and one of them, uh, one of those soundtracks uh, is one that I always really loved, and that's Curtis Mayfield's Superfly soundtrack. Uh, and that was one of those movies where it's like that whole that whole soundtrack was made for that movie. It's all songs, all by Curtis Mayfield, and all original songs for that film, uh, yeah. the entire album. So like, it wasn't just a soundtrack; it was actually an album released by Curtis Mayfield. And it's fucking great. It's like this, you know, this great 70s funk album. It's so good. Uh, and I, you know, I, I actually bought that soundtrack. And I mean, I was, you know, this was the 90s when I bought that fucking thing. You know, I was a teenager in the 90s and I loved that movie. Uh, and I, to this day, I, I really love that soundtrack. Fuck yeah, dude. Um, <laughs> Thank you for your re- rebuttal. <laughs> I don't have a rebuttal. I Fuck do, yeah, so. dude! I'm just trying to think, like, uh, if we're if we, I I wanted to kind of talk about. I definitely want to talk about how the soundtracks are kind of almost their own characters in some movies. 
and I don't know if we like uh, want to se- like uh, segue into that or keep kind no, of like. Of I mean, I'm just gonna throw whatever, dude. I'm throwing out anything no, I want we're not, here. We're not going in any particular. There's no order. order. Yeah, hey, 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 people out there trying to confine us to some kind of order, forget it. We're not doing it. You should know that we're sloppy and reckless. We're bouncing and... around, sloppy seconds. We're back and forth, slobbing, bobbing. You know. I don't know about all that, but hand yeah. jobbing. Um. Okay, you're you, Mister Butt Toucher, goes to hell. Like maybe you're giving hand jobs and slap. Butt Toucher goes to hell, dude. Mister Butt Toucher goes to hell. The John Wayne story. Yes, yes. Patent pending. That's your memoirs. That's it. I'm writing it down. That's it. Or or if you die before that happens, I will write it uh, for you. Like I will be your biographer. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I hope so. So I, uh, Mister Handjob. I, I, I do want to bring up, and this is something you're also, you know a lot about as well. And I'm not talking about uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger or anything like that. But, uh, you know, I, I'm, I think like uh, music plays a huge role in, in film, uh, especially with setting the tone. You know, you can't have like Jason stabbing people with like, like some kind of like weird shit playing, uh, unless you're an idiot. But, like that, that uh, almost kind of sounds like some of the Jason music, though. What you just did, part you know, well, Jason goes well, like, to hell, probably, especially. No, I, no, I just no, got no, the like, Scream no. Factory like uh collection from my wife, but but I was saying part three has that kind of like disco synth, yeah, but part three is good. No, I know, part three is one of the good ones. I wasn't saying it isn't. It's just like you did this kind of like cheesy and it almost kind of sounded like that. That's all I'm saying. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, imagine like he stabs someone and it's like, like slide whistles yeah, yeah, and no, like I, shit yeah. like that. No, That's going to change no, the whole tone no, I, no, of, you're of what's, absolutely right. you're yeah, absolutely what's right. happening. Like, uh, but like, yeah, absolutely. The music to a film is crucial uh, to, to, to like adding oomph to the movie. Um, but you know, like going back, like previous decades, you know, with films of like you know the, the you know like say the '40s or the '50s or something, the soundtrack wasn't the type of thing that got put out as an album and people bought. It was just right. like the dun, dun 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 you know music in the background. Uh, whereas later on, it became something where people coveted the actual uh, album itself. Yeah, and I want to get that soundtrack from that movie where the train. Is coming at the screen, uh, you know that first movie that they ever played, where the the train is coming and, and the people freaked out because they thought it was a real train. I want to get that soundtrack. Uh, I'm looking for it, but uh, no, I want th- this became like I really got into this kind of like hardcore the very first time I ever saw Suspiria mm. because I that was like when I was like oh I kind of almost it was almost like. Uh, I, I, that was when I first became aware. I was like, man, this soundtrack really is like connected to everything that's happening in this movie. Right. And it's by, by a band called Goblin. Yep. Who, who also have done many soundtracks for a lot of Italian horror films. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and albums, can, just, and just albums. Yeah. And they do, they are a band themselves. Yeah. They do their own, their own original material as well. Yeah, they're fantastic. But that, that that uh that record in particular the suspiria album i've listened to many many times over and over while writing and stuff like that but uh that was one thing where i was like damn this is like fucking super powerful Mm -hmm. in this movie so 
And the main theme to Suspiria is infamous. It's like one of the, the most well-known horror themes. It's so good. Uh, but no, that, that, that whole album is, is great. Um, like some of the stuff, like, like the witches and everything, like some of those tracks, like where there's like these yeah. screaming, these, froze did i okay you're back now you're back okay you're, you're back um, you said the witches did what oh uh, well yeah but like the, there's like these tracks like on the album that are like the witches and see and used in the movie where it's just like these women just like screaming these Whoa! like these crazy screams with mm. nothing but drums behind it and it's so like it's very grating to listen to, but it's so s- scary and spooky sounding. It works so well in the film and totally amplifies it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so yeah, no, there's great soundtrack, and of course, as you said, Goblin did many of these soundtracks for Argento films, and Claudio Salmonetti, um, as a solo artist, did stuff for Argento as well. Uh, he was, you know, the, the front man for Goblin. Well, I mean, I guess you could say front man. Um, they didn't really have like a lead singer or anything, but uh, no, yeah, yeah, and and they they toured not too long ago, like maybe within mm-hmm. like seven years ago, six years yeah. ago. They they, they, did they still tour. tour, they still tour, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. So. They're more popular than ever, you know. Uh, uh, you know, horror fans uh, absolutely, you know, love Goblin. They're yeah. second. They're second only to John Carpenter when it comes to like the the scores and everything of the day. Yeah. So I would probably agree with you on that. You'll definitely oh. see a few goblin shirts at uh, horror conventions. I have one myself. I have a goblin shirt. I'm I've sure worn it at I've worn it at the conventions. That's where I've seen it. There you go. <laughs> no. uh, but let's talk a little bit about our own personal relationship with soundtracks because we okay. could go on forever with the history of soundtracks. Uh, but I, I think we should talk about how we ourselves got into them and listening to them and and how that affected that uh, us so okay uh, do you want to go ahead with that or sh- should i i mean I'll, I'll say like uh you know one of the first uh songs in a in a movie that i remember being like fuck yeah dude was uh the ori- <laughs> the original animated transformers movie uh you got the touch uh <laughs> by white lion i believe um Oh my god. No, Stan Bush. It says, uh yeah. You got the touch. You got the power. Dun, 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 dun. And I'll never forget, dude. My cousin took me to that movie. He was supposed to take me to that movie, and he did, and he like put took me to the theater. I think he was like 13 at the time. What the fuck was the point of that? He was supposed but, to take me to that movie, and he did. <laughs> no, but listen, like because he took me and he like we sat down in the theater, and then he before it started, he's like Hey, I gotta. Um, I'll be right back. I gotta make a phone call or something. Like he was just gone the entire movie, and like came back at the end and sat down. Like, how was it? And like, it's good. Let's go. Like, it was one of those type of deals. What did he do? He went to see yeah. a, an actual good movie, or he either went to, like, that, or he met his fucks, girlfriend or something. Go fuck, I don't know. The, go fuck the popcorn popcorn girl in the. Maybe in the he met had his girlfriend meet him there yeah. or some shit. I don't know, yeah. dude. Maybe he went out back and just got high as fuck. I don't fucking know it, it didn't matter because i sat there and watched that movie and cry right. like they kill optimus <laughs> prime he dies i'm crying dude you got the touch you got the power oh, like that God. was like really like uh you know that was a great soundtrack for me okay that sure. you didn't feel that 
you didn't like that movie? Uh, I never cared. You were too old. Probably. Yeah. I I never cared about Transformers. Uh, Never mattered to me. Um, Well, it just didn't. It just didn't. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I just didn't. Never cared. I had a couple of toys, but I never really cared about it. Um, Yeah. Well, like I was thinking more later on in life. Uh, Like there's definitely was music that affected me as a kid. Uh, You know, like, the John Williams scores for the star Wars movies and stuff like that are so powerful and good. Um, but I think the one that like, I think the first score score that really enthralled me was, uh, Danny Elfman's score for Batman 89. Like, you know, like he's on my list. Yeah. Like that, that was the one that I think I was 12 that summer. And I think that was the one that really like pulled me in where it's like what I used to, what I started to do is I would put my radio up to the TV and mm-hmm. tape the songs. Like when I was watching the movie, like I remember taping like the themes from uh, Rambo first blood part two and, mm-hmm. uh, and Beetlejuice and, and stuff like just putting the fucking recording like from the cassette tape pressed yeah. up to the tv and listening to it that way uh cobra like other other movies like that yeah you know what i i did the exact same thing you know what i would do it with mm. episodes of the golden girls oh my god uh because i could listen to them at night uh when i was scared of freddy krueger and that would uh help me to fall asleep jesus fucking christ you are the biggest pussy in the world i know you taped the golden what? girls on yeah. cassette yeah, so yeah, yeah. you so you can listen yep. to old women talk to yep. comfort you uh-huh. when you were scared was... of Freddy Krueger. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I also did record like movies. I would record a whole like Back to the Future, Teen so Wolf, and I this... would just listen to those at night, like on my Walkman while I was going to sleep. Like, well, at, like in this yeah. whole time where you were listening to the Golden Girls to protect uh-huh. Freddy Krueger, did yeah. your mo- I just want to ask, did your mother hold your dick when you pissed? Not at that point. She was done holding through that. Yeah. She was done doing that at that point. I had but the, she was, I had but the... she was still she was still cutting up your steak for you though. Yeah, and she would stand outside the door while I was holding my dick to make sure in case, you know, anything went wrong. Make, but... make sure that ghoulies didn't come out of the toilet and eat your dick. Yeah. Hey, hey, don't say that. Don't even bring that up. Yeah, don't, yeah. Don't bring it's, up ghoulies. It's still my, it's my still my mom's a fear. not here right now, right? It's still a you know? fear. Yeah, you've got yeah. Katie to do that for you now. And she won't, you know, and she doesn't yeah. take me seriously. <laughs> she doesn't believe me that the ghoulies are out there. <laughs> All right, so um, I want to say, like, I, like as I got a little older, and I got more into, uh, you know, like, like I was always writing little stories and stuff when I was uh, when I was a kid. Like, I wrote little short stories and everything. Like from the time, like before I was even ten years old, I wrote short stories. But when I got to be about fourteen, I got really into it and was writing these long stories and stuff, and listening to soundtracks really filled my mind with visions and i got really into elfman uh and listened to like i i bought the soundtrack to edward scissorhands and beetlejuice and all these other ones some of them which i still have on cassette tape and would just listen to them and i would like not listen i would not think of the movies at all i would not think of edward scissorhands while listening to the soundtrack I would come up with my own stories in my mind based on the music. So that became a 
a, a, a huge influence uh, and the impetus for a lot of my original uh, work that I came out with at that time in my life. Uh, was that something that you got into as well? No, I mean, I would listen to a lot of New Kids on the Block. Uh, and um, I'm being serious. Oh, Weird Al, dude. I listened to so much Weird Al as a I'm, kid. We're talking about cassette. fucking soundtracks. We're being serious here. I'm I'm telling you, like the soundtracks I listened to as a kid were Back to the Future and La Bamba over and over and over again. I'm talking about when you get like a little older, though, or we're moving on to like early teens. Um, Are you still that big of a fucking loser that that that's all you have to to mention? Yeah, I am probably, but like uh, yeah, well, you know, I mean, uh, Glory of Love part from Karate Part Karate Kid Part Two, right. Peter Cetera, uh, that I was touched by that in many ways where i yeah, touched well, myself yeah, to but it that's, but that, like that's not what we're talking about we're like those are hit what are we songs. talking about those are hit songs from movies that's not a full soundtrack gloria love and the ghostbusters song by by rape arker jr uh like those those are those are just hit songs that's not that's not a soundtrack it's not a film score those are just a song yeah, but I have like the twelve-inch single of Ghostbusters theme from Ray Parker. We're not, but but and... that's not the fucking soundtrack. That's just a song. Okay, I I get I I listened to, uh, you know, those are the ones I listened to. I don't know, like when I write okay. when I write so... older, I listen to like uh the, all the Goblin shit, like mm-hmm. uh a ton of times you know sure okay yeah yeah um but i mean i'm talking about just like teen years now um i was i was listening to a lot of uh you know um praise the lord and uh yeah yeah okay you know jesus comes lately type of music probably I, I, i forget sometimes that you were a sad christian child um a lot of golden girls the theme song yeah before the episodes that i yeah, you you would, I don't know. You would listen to the Golden Girls and put the blanket over your head and cry, uh, worried that Freddie was going to get you. <clears throat> We've established that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, teen years. Um, like I was saying, I got into uh, Elfman Carpenter as well. Like like I would buy those soundtracks and get those and like listen to them a lot. Um, and. Uh, and like, yeah, that was a a huge influence. But I want to say this about the uh, Edward Scissorhands score because this is kind of funny. Um, I had that tape for years, right? I got it when I, like I was like thirteen or fourteen when that movie came out, and I got the score, and I and I loved it. I listened to it all the time. I came up with all these cool stories listening to it. But the whole album is Danny Elfman's score, and then the very last thing on the album is a, a song called with these hands by tom jones which is one of the few, it's like the only song featured in the movie and, and it's kind of this, tom jones too i do but i didn't yet okay oh. uh well that's just the story that i'm getting into um so i had this uh i had this album and like i would listen to the whole thing and like i said that song's at the very end and it would start off and it was like you know like him singing oh with these hands and i always turned it off i never listened to it yeah i'm like 14 15 and i'm like what the fuck is this but then one night you know when years later i'm like 16 or something and my buddy creston shouts out like he and i did an enormous amount of lsd together and uh 
we were listening to the Edward Scissorhands soundtrack for some reason because, like, you know, we would like trip on acid. We would just kind of like listen to these themes and just kind of like zone out. And at the and like at the end of it, Tom Jones is with these hands comes on, and we're listening, and like we just get lost in the song and like the power of Tom Jones's voice. So here we are, two like sixteen year olds in the nineties tripping on acid blasting tom jones and just tripping out on this like love ballad by tom jones it's just utterly fucking absurd but it's the truth like and like from this to this day like what happened is um like we became very attached to that song that was like our acid song and it's a love song by tom jones from the 60s and we like we would listen to it all the time when we tripped on acid. We would put on that song specifically. To this day, if I put on "With These Hands" by Tom Jones, I get these weird like acid flashbacks. I get like these kind of like weird tingles uh, that are like really uncomfortable. Like I can't listen to that song because we listened to it so much when we were tripping on acid that it gives me this kind of like reaction. You know, it's like this weird after effect. Wow. Yeah, of all songs, not Pink Floyd or The Doors. It's fucking Top Jones's love song with these hands, like that gives me a fucking acid flashback. Isn't that ridiculous? No, uh, you know. It, what do you it, mean, I mean? No, it's fucking absurd. Come on. I mean, it funny. sounds. I mean, it sounds absurd, but I'm just saying, like, it, to me, like, yeah, you can have like a weird association to something like that, and that could take you off. To me, like, maybe on, the general public would think it's absurd. Away, don't take away from my funny, crazy story. I'm not by trying to. I'm trying. It. I'm trying. No, I'm trying to say that, like, to me, I'm not make. I would never like People laugh at do that. Not People do not have that for their acid song. They have like psychedelic rock. They have like fucking Ted Nugent and Monster Magnet and shit. Okay, calm down. Ted Nugent is not psychedelic rock. <laughs> he absolutely is. What are you talking about? Just, okay. Stranglehold, that song is amazing. And that's totally psychedelic rock. You listen to Stranglehold, if that's not a precursor to like psychedelic rock, like it sounds like fucking Monster Magnet from the 70s. No, like Nugent is a, is a douchebag as a person, but his fucking music was totally psychedelic rock. And you can call the Corey hotline at 832-930-1347 and, and tell us what you think about psychedelic rock. And tell Nugent. me, yeah, uh, tell me, you can tell me that, I'm, and, uh, that I'm right, which I am. Tell Chris that you, Chris, agree with him on uh, the Ted Nugent debate. I will just say, means like, most, that you do agree with him. Calls, most of our calls that come in, are people agreeing with me? I just want to point that out. That's noted. And I also hope that Stevie Nicks calls back in because I think she might have, like, probably, you know, actually met him along the way and performed with him and certain things. So I, I would like to hear what but she has to say about that. She'll probably just sing and cough. Uh, but anyway, moving on, um, maybe we should get into some of the more stuff that's more soundtracks with, with songs uh, when we get into our teen years um i'd like to bring up a couple of those and ones that were really prominent how about you okay sure okay. i have i have a couple of soundtracks from songs in my teen years the actually i do first one and i and i mean we we did talk about this on the show a little bit before but i'm gonna bring it up anyway uh the first one was uh, i was 12 uh and this was huge. Um, this was the soundtrack to Wes Craven's Shocker, uh, the horror film Shocker. Oh, with, oh yeah, yeah. 
which you know I, I you know I love, and we did a reading from the novelization, and all that. Uh, but but this this was a huge deal, huge deal. Uh, like Fangoria went on and on about it. All the fucking metal stations went on about it. Mm-hmm. Metal Edge magazine, Hit Parade, or all that. This was enormous. The Shocker soundtrack was all original songs, uh, right. which was which was not common at the time. Yeah. I mean, we did there did happen before, like I said, Superfly, Curtis mm-hmm. Mayfield. Uh, so it wasn't like the first time this had happened, but this this was like a fusion of horror and heavy metal, and all these heavy metal bands uh, did contributed songs to the Shocker soundtrack. Iggy Pop, Alice Cooper. Uh, d- uh, dangerous toys uh and of and of course the dudes of wrath which was the most amazing which was a super group formed just for this album uh to do the theme song paul stanley of kiss desmond child wrote the fucking thing tommy lee from motley Crue did the the uh drums a couple of guys from uh De- def leppard did the guitars it was crazy and uh like there were songs by megadeth and and bonfire like all these people uh so yeah it's an incredible fucking soundtrack and i had that soundtrack before um the movie came out and was just super fucking stoked about that and i think that i i really think that that album is one of the reasons that i love the movie so much uh because the movie is heavily flawed uh but i i fucking love it because it was like this perfect synergy of heavy metal and and horror like at the time when i was 12 and impressionable in 89 and i still love that soundtrack more than probably any other soundtrack i can name yeah no i get you i get you i'm looking at the the track listing right now mm-hmm. dudes of wrath do three songs it looks like no they do the they do the they do they do shocker and, and, shock, they, and they do and the shock the dance some, they do one called Shock Dance. Well, no, they too. they do they do some of the music on Shock mm-hmm. Dance, where but Alice Cooper does the uh, does the vocals of that. That's an Alice Cooper tune, and uh, also uh, 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 Horace Pinker, the character, uh, does a little bit of that rap in there. Uh, He's because, not. They're not cre- It's credited to the Dudes of Wrath. Well, so I'm I, telling you, it's, it's erroneous. The, it's an erroneous credit. I'm just telling you. I'm telling you that Shock Dance is Alice Cooper. With uh, the guy who plays Horace Pinker. That's what it is. Uh, I know the Dutoreth did the music like in the background, but that's who it is. You don't need to fucking tell me what the Shocker sound I'm not telling is. you. I'm looking at it myself so that I could see who all the bands were. Well, I'm not fucking wrong. I know what fucking... I know the Shocker soundtrack like I know my own hand. Alice Cooper, Alice Cooper and fucking mitch helberg or whatever this fucking like whatever his name is the guy who plays horse pinker they do that fucking song so anyway yeah it was a huge fucking deal it was enormous uh to have all these metal bands doing original songs for uh that movie yeah it was amazing even now like like i don't think that was ever done again like where all these metal bands came together to do a a fucking album for a horror film you know like there was instances no, like i would say like in modern like failings of this like the uh queen of the damned movie which in the Anne rice trilogy like series of right. vampire movies was done like by all new metal bands and actually like jonathan davis did the singing for the character and that movie is garbage like on a shit stick but like that that, but that's 
But that's another movie, though, where it's all these modern metal bands at the time right. that make the soundtrack. Okay, so it, it has been. It's, okay. it's kind of the same thing. Okay, so it has been done since then, but it wasn't done yeah. well. It wasn't done right. well. Right. Yeah, it was. It was terrible or, music and a terrible movie. Yeah. Um, movie. So where, whereas in '89, metal was at its absolute best, and uh, and so there you go. Well, and uh, Shocker is bad too. We've talked about it. No, no, the Shocker's not not a great fucking movie, but it's better than Queen of the Damned. I'll tell you well, that. Oh yeah, I'd rather watch Shocker a hundred thousand times right. at, in, in the moment before I die and go to hell than watch uh, yeah, Shocker, Queen of the Damned once and go yeah, to hell. Yeah, yeah, Shocker is not great, but it's not terrible either. Um, it's 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 definitely heavily flawed, but it's a really it's a fun movie to watch. There's it's, a lot of great. Yeah. There's a lot of great visuals. It's funny. It's it's just like a a great throwback to the '80s slasher boom. Uh, I I really love Shocker, as you know, but uh, but I at the same time I can admit that it's not a good movie. Whereas you think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a good movie, despite the fact that it's terrible. You can oh. like it, but you should admit that it's terrible because it is. I don't think it's uh, terrible. I think. But it's anyway, good. anyway, it's a good movie. Anyway, uh, you know what? Yeah. Speaking of uh, Tarantino, uh, I, that brings me to another soundtrack, which was a a, a big deal to me. A big. Okay. Uh, I, I also have one as well, but you go first. Well, uh, he is he like Tarantino disowned this film because uh, he wrote the screenplay for it, but the the movie was changed so much that he disowned it. And I'm talking about oh. natural natural born killers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, nice. yeah uh, uh, but I'm not going to get into like, there's a lot I could say about the film pro and con, but I really want to talk about the soundtrack because the soundtrack is like, was a big deal for me growing up. Uh, it was mixed by Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, like, it has many, many, many different styles of music, many different bands, uh, and really introduced me to a lot of stuff I was not very familiar with. This was my introdu- introduction to Leonard Cohen, which uh, it became very important to me. Uh, it also had songs by, uh, you know, L- L7 and um, uh, I think uh, 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 Jane's Addiction and stuff. Uh, but it it, uh, it 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 had like a lot of stuff that wasn't super commercial it had like music by barry adamson uh who i grew to love very much as well of course he was one of the bad seeds nick cave and the bad seeds in the early days and mm. he ended up having a solo career which is incredible uh, uh but yeah it, it featured all of this really cool music and then like I, I love the fact that like you know uh that it was so like mainstream because nine inch nails was such a big deal that it introduced a lot of people to these bands and I think that I think that was really cool. Like I think the the soundtrack was more beneficial than the film itself. Yeah, absolutely. And now that like you you talk about a teenager, and I'm looking and getting some perspective. Uh, in 1996, I was 16 or something, I believe. 17 or 16. And that was when From Dusk Till Dawn came out, and I went and right. saw it with no without knowing what the fuck was going on with it and it became like one of my favorite and still is and we've talked about it before mm-hmm. but that but the, also that uh soundtrack to that movie i listened to ad nauseum after mm-hmm. the movie came out i bought it i bought the script the screenplay like from barnes and noble like a fucking nerd 
And uh, but man, like it's got a great soundtrack and a lot of the songs are done by Tito and Tarantula, who also play the band in the movie. And I got to see them come through like maybe like seven or eight years ago here in Houston. Yeah, we uh, talked small. about we talked about this. Yeah, 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 and it like uh, it was awesome. But but every song for me on that soundtrack is a hit. Like, to yeah, me. I had it, that, I had that, I had that soundtrack too. Um, it it wasn't as big of a deal to me as as it was to you. Much like the film wasn't as big of a deal to yeah. me as it was to you. But I was also older and more mature, and right, uh, and, I, and I didn't. Know <laughs> But this is special to me, and I listen to yeah, this yeah. like a bunch. And I've and I've there, I've there are good songs like, on it. There's good songs on it. Absolutely. Do you know that my wife uh, had the Blu-ray for From Dust Till Dawn, like in her like collection of videos and shit for years? And I like found it not too long ago, and it was like on her shelf of stuff. And I, it wasn't even out of wasn't the even opened. <laughs> and I so I opened it and moved it over to my like Blu-rays and shit and DVDs. Uh, so now, you know, I have just to give it a good home, you know. Well, great. Yeah, that's good. Um, but this soundtrack rules. So this soundtrack did give me a lot of influence and and shit. Uh, now. But, like, but to be clear, like this is a soundtrack, not a score. This is the songs from the movie, not the themes and the and, and such. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I'm just saying just for clarification. Yeah, I know. For clarification. Yeah, I mean, I soundtrack, not yeah, a yeah. score. It's the right. movie, the songs that that put it together. I did want to mention this one too because this is another one. This was a few years before the stuff we're talking about, uh, so I didn't want to gloss over it. There was another soundtrack uh, that was mind blowing when it came out, a total groundbreaker. Uh, this was mid '90s, and this was the sa- the soundtrack to the movie Judgment Night, and this was a huge deal when it came out because it was. Um, a fusion of like alternative rock bands with rap uh, bands. So mm-hmm. you had all these songs like Onyx with Biohazard, Pearl Jam with Cypress Hill, Helmet with House of Pain. Like this was a, a fusion of rock and rap uh, mm-hmm. that like before this, there was no such thing. Uh, and like, of course, years like later, like, like there was the whole rock rap uh, you know, uh, fusion. Like there were all these bands that did that kind of music, and they're all terrible. Uh, like Limp Bizkit and other horrible bands like that that you love. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. But before before that, Judgment Night, the soundtrack was a very big deal. Um, like everyone was like flipping out about this, myself included. I love that fucking soundtrack to this day. Like there was a fucking a collaborative song with Slayer and Ice T. Yeah. on that album like that's called insane Disorder. i yeah. i know what it's called um i'm letting yeah. the people that are listening know. yeah it's uh like th- that's incredible like to have these these two artists together uh particularly in the 90s when they're both like super on top uh yeah and there was also like there were two cypress hills uh collaborations one was pearl jam and one was sonic youth uh so you had all of these like when like the whole grunge era was like peaking uh, and gangster rap was peaking. Uh, like you had all these collaborations that are just simply incredible. It's a great album to this day. I think it's great. Uh, and yeah, that was that was also a big turning point uh, with with music, where it's like rock and rap finally came together. Finally. Much more, much more important than the fucking movie. The movie's okay. 
but this was a monumental step in music history is this album movie's just okay i don't think I've seen yeah, it's it. all right it's not terrible but it's not great either uh you haven't seen i guess you're not familiar with what i'm talking about the soundtrack or the movie no I thought that's it was something really, else. That's really sad. Uh, you should definitely check out the soundtrack. Yeah, it, was, it was a groundbreaking uh, moment in, in rock history, uh, mm. this soundtrack. Uh, the movie's okay. Uh, you know, it has Emilio Estevez and, Dennis, and Dennis Leary. Uh, it's all right, you know, but uh, it's not a bad movie, but it's not amazing either. But the soundtrack uh, has the real lasting power. Um, it's phenomenal. And, uh, Brian Keene, I know Brian Keene is also a huge fan of this because at, uh, the Southern, um, New Year's party, uh, going into 2020 before the world went to shit, um, he was DJing it and he had a couple of songs from it and I was like, fuck yeah, man. And he was all happy that like, I knew what it was because no one else knew, you know, because Wes has no culture. He doesn't know what the fuck it is. Just like you, like you young kids, you don't know anything. Um, But, like, Brian and I knew. And I was like, fuck yeah, disorder. Government is fucked. Sure to bring us down. War. We don't need your fucking war. Yeah. Yeah. We don't. <laughs> um, so, uh, the soundtrack to Spice Girls, uh, Spice Up Your Life, oh my God. really played... Uh, uh, I'm glad uh, you're taking this sound. seriously. I, I'm, did, I'm glad you're taking this seriously. I look, dude. Again, I have a whole page of notes uh, proving why I should never take notes for a show. Why you shouldn't so, be able to talk on this show? Okay, <laughs> far out. Uh, one thing, like uh, uh, one oh, God. soundtrack that I would like to find on vinyl and own is the soundtrack to the movie Terror Vision. Uh, that's got some rad ass songs and like, there's actually like four songs by this band called the Fibonacci's that was supposed to break them as an artist to be this like lead, uh, fucking on this soundtrack. And then the movie flopped. So they just, uh, fizzled, but. Well, the theme song is great. Television. That's them. Yeah. No, it's great. And they do three other three additional songs on the uh, soundtrack as well. Uh, But I don't know. I like that kind of shit. But when I'm writing, I've listened to so many Goblin soundtracks. I I don't I don't know. No, I I listen to I listen to scores a lot, too. Like I listen to uh, Morcone, uh, you know, when I'm like working on like when I worked on the 13th Coyote and stuff. Um, You know, what I listen to the most is uh, the film scores uh, of. Nick Cave and Warren Ellis, uh, who, who did incredible film scores. I listen to them a lot because their stuff is more ambient in a way and more atmospheric, uh, so it doesn't distract as much. Like, you know, I love listening to, like, these new Carpenter albums, like Lost Themes, but they're, they're so, like, all over the place that, like, you can't zone out, uh, like, writing-wise. You can't really focus uh, most of the time, I, I'll write in in silence. But I'll listen when I listen to these albums, uh, like driving around, whatever. Like that's when the ideas start to flow. They put ideas in my head. But when I'm actually writing, I think it's just it becomes distracting. But Nick Cave and Warren Ellis, it doesn't. It's just uh, perfect background music uh, for writing. Um, 
Absolutely. Absolutely. That's all. Then that's all I have. <laughs> Ray Parker Jr. Uh, I oh mean, I God. like Empire Records. Yes. Uh, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about, I guess. Uh, I wrote like a bunch that's of stuff a about Ennio Marconi, uh, <clears throat> Danny Elfman. Yeah. Uh, so. Well, go ahead. Say stuff about them. I like all of those soundtracks. Great. I had a tape uh, when I was about 14 of Danny Elfman. It was a it was a compilation, actually, called Music for a Darkened Theater. And he ended up came, coming out with two of them. Uh, but the first one I had was really cool because it was themes from different movies. So he had, like, music from, uh, you know, uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure and Batman. Mm-hmm. But it also had was lesser-known stuff. It had music from, like, Hot to Trot, you know, like that, that movie oh, with, uh, with, the yeah. doll, with the fucking horse and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, it had all these different stuff. And that was really good for me. That really, like, helped expand my mind creatively uh, in many ways. Uh, but... Uh, but yeah, like there's like it still happens to me where there's like a movie and I hear songs from it and I go and I search, you know, you know, like find out what the songs were were that were used and sometimes you know I get familiar with new bands from movies. So there's definitely value in soundtracks even to this day. Um and and yeah, like there's a lot of so. there's many film scores that I that I love that I listen to uh as but uh as far as writing goes uh but i do want to mention like as although uh shocker was like the soundtrack that had all these metal bands collaborating there wasn't a a, a horror movie metal collaboration and metal plays a huge part in the story uh uh the 80s horror film trick-or-treat um which is absolutely amazing i mean the movie has ozzy osbourne gene simmons in it and everything so it's very much about heavy metal but the soundtrack is by a band called Fastway, and they did the entire soundtrack for um, uh the film uh and the movie is about a uh a heavy metal star who comes back from the dead uh using satanism uh, and his name is sammy kerr and uh, so, like, of course, like, there's all these, like, scenes with Sammy Kerr singing and rocking out, and all those songs are done by Fastway. And it's funny, because Fastway was more of a hard rock band, you know? Um, so, like, any of their other albums do not sound the way the Trick or Treat soundtrack does. Like, that soundtrack sounds like 80s metal, like hair metal. Mm-hmm. And it's a fucking incredible soundtrack. It's so fucking good. Um it's one of the best. I love it. Um, and anyone with any taste loves it, but mm. you know, it's like, it's funny. Like you think of it as more of Sammy Kerr as, as opposed to Fastway, uh, because Fastway is so ve- vastly different from the album that they made for this. Uh, and it's funny, like my, you know, my good friend, Tangie, who uh, everyone who's listening to the show knows about Tangie by now. Uh, Tangie. Yeah. Like anytime we're hanging out and partying, she's always like put on Sammy. She always refers to it as Sammy, you know, who's the fictional character who sings the song, but she's like, yeah. put on Sammy. She loves it. She loves put that. Album. She's, on like, Sammy. she's like, put on Sammy, put on Sammy. Yeah. Uh, great fucking album. If you're into eighties metal and if you're into eighties horror and you don't know this fucking movie and the soundtrack, you're doing something wrong. So, well, there you go. And I'm guessing you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. No idea. No but, idea. Yeah, but I am on uh, notice. So you really should watch that movie, Trick or Treat. It's fucking incredible. It's a great '80s horror film. 
You uh, have like a plaque like in your in your house, don't you, about it? Like a here the, this no, 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 guy, no, uh, no. But I do have the poster for that movie in my that's, house. Yeah, that's what you have. Yeah, yeah, I have the poster, the VHS cover actually, which I like better than the movie poster. The VHF, VHS cover for Trick or Treat is framed in my house. Yes. Yeah. Because so, it's great. That's how good it is. That's how good it is. I'm gonna watch yeah. it. Where can I watch it? I don't know. Just buy the fucking DVD because, like, you need it in your life. From where? You're a horror fan and you're a rock star. You you should know this movie. Like, where do you sh- buy it? Where you buy a DVD of this movie? From? Wherever you buy DVDs. Like, what the fuck? Like, go on Amazon and buy it. I don't buy DVDs. Well, you do now, motherfucker, because you need this. I buy in your Blu-rays life. now. Like, if I'm gonna buy anything, well, get the fucking Blu-ray. I don't know. Just see the fucking movie because it's fucking incredible. Yeah, like Greg and I are going to kick your ass if you don't watch this movie soon because Greg loves that movie too. And so we're going to beat your okay, ass. Okay, first of all, go White Sox. Greg is not kicking anybody's ass, especially not mine. He would totally kick your ass. I'm just saying. I'm sorry he would not. He you've would. Seen, you've seen me naked. He would. Kick well, uh, why? Is he a bitey, gougy guy? Is that what you, we're talking no, about? You know, you know why? Because Greg... Greg has been in many fucking fist fights. Greg, Greg has been in juvenile hall. Okay, you've never been in a fight in your life. Greg would kick the shit out of you. I love you. You know that you're awesome. But Greg would beat your fucking ass. I'm sorry. Well, we'll have to see because <laughs> because I know he's been fighting his son on the lawn for a couple of years now. Yes, getting Prepare. ready. He's been ready. To, he's gonna. And fight. I hope that uh, I hope he brings it because I've been training as well. <laughs> and now I'm throwing down the gauntlet. You didn't know that I've been out here like I trade I traded this whole room so that I could have a punching bag and shit. I've been doing sweep kicks. I'm ready, dude. Like like Greg looks like the like the typical 40 year old dad because he is. But he's he's had a fucking tough life, man. He would be your he's had a tough life. He has. Well, he has. You don't know, dude. Greg, I don't want to do this to you, but apparently Chris wants you to kick my ass. So. No, I'm just saying if it, like, he would, if it came down to it. He would beat okay. the shit out of you. I don't know, dude. Maybe I'd wear him down. <laughs> maybe, I could, maybe I could wear him down, like, get him tired and shit. Yeah, by crying, because he punched you once. <laughs> You'd be on the ground. <clears throat> you know, and, like, and he'd be like, oh, God, I'm tired of this. And he'd walk away. <laughs> I can't believe I drove 26 hours to come see you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying by your own admission, admission, like you've never been in a fight. Not a real one, but you know, I, but I've, I've, I've avoided it because I'm, uh, I'm a tough motherfucker. (laughs) Cause I'm a pussy. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You know, I love you. I'm kidding. I'm just saying Greg's Greg's been in a lot of fucking fights in his life. So he would probably beat you. Like if it was, it was down to a bet. I would bet he'd beat you. All right. I would. Okay. You may be in better shape. I'll give you that, but that doesn't mean you know how to fight no, or I'm take on, a pot. I, I'm on a, you know, I'm on a cleanse, so you know, it's one of my New Year's resolutions. We cut it. We cut it from the original New Year's show. Yeah. I'm trying to find this fucking movie. What do you? What, what movie? Trick or treat? Yeah. Oh, it's great. You need to watch it, or else Greg's gonna beat the shit out of you, as I said. Oh man, dude! I... All right, here's what I'll do. I'll we'll, we'll do a GoFundMe to pay for Greg to fly down to Houston 
kick your ass and kick my ass. Hey, you know <laughs> what? Know. All, all the proceeds go to charity. He's in Charlotte, so he could drive. Like it wouldn't. I'll be, that be in Charlotte in like two weeks. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Greg, come I'll, see I'll me at know. Bad Monster Party. I'll let him know. And he'll come kick your ass. Like, like I want to at see least that. come hang out, and we'll listen to the soundtrack for Trick or Treat. You should. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'll kick my own ass. I'm sure. You know, I've done that before. <laughs> You know, I love you. I'm not saying you're a pussy. You get your ass kicked by everyone. But Greg would. Greg would w- fucking stomp you, dude. Yeah, he would. He would? <laughs> I'm stomp, glad you stomp me to stomp town. <laughs> like, <laughs> he would make you his bitch so fast. Fuck. <laughs> I'm just saying, dude. I'm he's proud we are of all of them. I'm just saying he's had a fucking rough upbringing, dude. He's he's tough. I know he's a tough guy. Yeah, fucking guy lived on the streets, dude. Lived on the streets. Dad's dick is huge. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like he had to deal with that. You know, like like he'd be walking through the house as a kid and this giant dick would come swinging around and hit him in the face. He had to learn how to fight. Well, <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't appreciate any of this at all, but I'm sure. I'm sure. Greg, he's, no, he's laughing at this. Greg, I love you. I don't want you to kick my ass. Uh, I, I can't would. kick anybody's ass. He would. He's not a uh, violent person. He's not. I, I, I do want you to come see me in Charlotte, though. Uh, you know, put a double mask on your PP and come. Well, is see this is for Days of the Dead. Is that what this is? No, this is Mad Monster Party. Mad Monster. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll let him know. All right. I'll let him know. Please, so, Greg. So we we'll take off. pictures of each other. We'll take pictures of our dongs and send them to you. <laughs> next to each other. Please, dong- Please do. Please? Yes. Please? Okay. Well, I want I want dick pics from both of you. You know? So yeah. I can feel better about the size of my own. Oh! Well. Boom! Recently, Boom! I, recently I was diagnosed with a medium-sized penis. So, you know. <laughs> Diagnosed, he says. I heard that on like Comedy Bang Bang, and I said that to my wife, and she was like, "Diagnosed with a medium-sized penis." She's and I was like, "Yeah," and she's like, "Medium-sized." And I was like, "Come on, give me something here, <laughs> Jesus." She's <laughs> questioning even that. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ, dude, that's painful. I'm sorry. That's all right, dude. I'm a grower, not a shower. Okay. And I go to the Korean spa and take all my clothes off and show my grower to everyone. And you I know not... you've mentioned that. Yes. Yeah. You mentioned that you like to sit naked in water with a bunch of other guys. Very relaxing, dude. It is spa. Yeah, yeah, that sounds that sounds awesome. Just it is awesome. Naked with other men and sitting in a big bowl of fucking male ass soup. It's not. You don't have to think about it like that, dude. But that's what it is. You're sitting naked in in a small puddle of water. Uh, the water is going in and out of other men's assholes and wrapping around their their dick cheese. Yeah. And you're sitting in that. No, you that's have to real- take a shower before you get in it. Uh huh. You mm-hmm. do. Yeah. You take a shower before you get in. It's still just disgusting, like sitting naked with a bunch of guys in a it's really hot in a, in a hot tub. It's just awful. Temperature is very hot. It's fucking awful. It's terrible. Well, Greg and I will send you pictures from the Korean spa when we go together. Because Greg he, he will go with me. 
Uh, he's he's too manly. He won't do that. He's too much of a man. Too manly? What the <laughs> fuck is that supposed to mean? I'm just saying, like if you're if you're getting in a in a hot tub naked with a bunch of other men, that's that's. I'm gay. not talking about they, like at the Ramada Inn, all the guys get naked in the hot tub. This it doesn't is matter a, where you are, dude. If spa, like, if dude. It doesn't matter where you are. If a bunch of guys, oh, a spa, yeah, because the bathhouses aren't gay. Like, no, this is a not a gay of, place. It's it, no, a bunch of men getting to getting naked together is always gay. It's, no, it is it's not just, gay. Oh, it's not gay. I'm sorry, not- I'm sorry. Nothing wrong with that. Like, if people want to have gay sex, I support it 100%. I have gay friends. It's not a problem. But this is not you know, gay. Let's call dude. it what it. Let's call it. Let's call it what it is. Like, if you're getting naked in a hot tub with a bunch of men, that's a homosexual activity. Even if you don't have sex, that is gay. How so, dude? We weren't we weren't turned on by it. We were relaxed by it. Well, you know, like you're you can still be turned on to, uh, by it in a subconscious way. Like the fact that it relaxes you to be naked with other men that says something. You know. I uh, what does it say that I, that I that enjoy you, the Korean spa? It says that you enjoy being naked with other men. Like that doesn't relax. I enjoy being naked with men. other women as well. I know, but uh, but like, how do you know? Because you just told me. <laughs> uh, but um, but no, like like if you if it relaxes you to be naked with other naked men, that's a homoerotic thing. It's fine, and, but that's and, what it is. And what soundtrack did you listen to, to that you would think was the most homoerotic bath takings? I don't know. I, I don't know, know either. Um, either way, I don't think this is homoerotic, but we'll have to agree to Chris agree on this one. Getting naked uh, with other men and enjoying it and thinking it's relaxing is homo homoerotic. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's but not homoerotic. Nobody yeah. had a boner, dude. Nobody's boner matter. was hard. It doesn't matter if the, like it doesn't. There is such a thing as subconscious sexuality. You don't necessarily have to get erect or have sex to be uh, like emotionally uh, aroused by it. The fact that like that is relaxing to you to be naked in a small hot tub with other men. That is a that is a homoerotic experience and it's okay there's nothing wrong with it it doesn't even mean that you're homosexual but that is like that would make me super uncomfortable that's how straight i am that's how manly i am that like that would not be comfortable to me it would be relaxing it would be gross and weird to me what so, about going in the steam room though naked with other guys because that would, was like your ball sack like just expands like it's like uh melting melting wax like i can't the... think of anything worse than a steam room even if i was by myself though like this isn't even a a homoerotic thing like just being that hot like would make me super unhappy i don't i don't handle heat very well i like right, i feel like i'm good i feel like i'm gonna have a fucking heart attack like i tried a sauna one time and i felt like i was gonna have a heart attack like just i couldn't take the heat and the humidity like it, it made my heart race i felt sick i had to get the fuck out of there so that's fine but being oh. naked even in, in, in a sauna like 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 if you're like naked with a bunch of men in any situation it's homoerotic any, it doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing. Kind of does sound hot when you say it, to be quite honest. Well, I'm a very attractive man, so. No, just to hear your voice. 
well, I have a sexy voice too. Far out. Everything about me is sexy. I'm very I attractive. Hate... I know. That's I'm why so I... I'm so incredibly sexy that I am 43 years old and single. That's how sexy I am. Because you're a fucking, uh, you know, you're a swinging, uh, you know, what do you call that? Confirmed bachelor? Uh, loser, I think. Your... Love, loveless loser living alone in his own despair, I think is what you call it. Which is exactly why you need to come with me to the Korean spa and get what? some love what? and happiness in your life. <laughs> there you go. You admit it. You admit it. What? A, a, a lonely single man should go to the Korean spa to get love. You just because admitted you, that it's because, a homoerotic thing. Because there's ladies there too, dude. Uh huh. But you're not. You're not sitting naked with a bunch of ladies. Like that's no. A whole that's other illegal. Place. Yeah, you said that's a whole other place. Yeah, if the I, dry if side I is the lady one, side. If I could go to one and, and be in a hot tub with a bunch of naked ladies, I'd be all about it. That would be okay. relaxed. It's not an 80s rock video, dude. That's why I'm not going. It's not a Motley Crue video. That's why I'm not going. Uh, no. Like, nothing about that experience. And we've we've ranted, like, we've gone over this already. I, I nothing know. Nothing about I just, that experience sounds I good brought to it me. Up and I, 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 cause I It's relaxing, and I feel like I need some relaxation. And I like the Korean spa, so I would I like. I know to... you like getting naked with other men. I know, I know. We've been okay. over this. You like this it all I because I was diagnosed with a medium-sized penis, and this is why. Mm-hmm. This is why we've gone down this road. And by as and as your wife said, that's being generous to well, say medium. Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, <laughs> on that note, I think. Uh, I think that's a show. <laughs> all, all the medium-sized penises out there, wave your hands in the air like you just don't care. Like you just, well, you know, like. <laughs> I already, I already explained on the show how you how you can improve that. By tying a weight to your dick and and flexing your dick, so there is a solution to this problem. Yeah, I will uh, work on that. Yeah, you I'm will work on, on that. Okay. I'm gonna get some. Uh, I'm gonna look on Amazon for some certain weights I can use. Well, you know, like weights and measures. This would be a great Valentine's Day gift for your wife. <laughs> you know what? You're right, and we don't even celebrate I'm... Valentine's Day, but. Let me let me let me give to her the gift of me stretching my medium-sized penis into a long, skinny, skinny penis. <laughs> it wouldn't be skinny though, because you'd be flexing it, so you'd be building. Oh, mass. that's right, the flex. That's right. You'd be building mass, and I'll be eating one pound of protein per pound of oh, penis right. that I want to. Uh, one per gram. pound of penis. What you'd be eating one penis. For Wait, every <laughs> every uh, half an inch of penis that you want to gain, one pound of penis. Uh, well, on that note, again, on we're just keep hitting these notes. <laughs> <laughs> this well, we're, we're great. We're great. We're, like, we we are help. great. I'm gonna listen to a death metal tonight, probably until I die. Uh, as you should. As you should. Yeah. I'm gonna listen to some carcass actually. And then uh, well, they're, they're, I'm they're gonna like, go the best, find so. uh, some dudes in a hot tub that I can hang out with and talk to them about it. Well, you enjoy that. I'd rather die, uh, but All you right. enjoy it. Hey, I will see you uh, hopefully uh, in death. Uh, in death? What? <laughs> I don't know. You said you'd <laughs> see you in death. Okay. I'll see you in death only. No. Uh, you know, I'll see you, uh, whatever. You know where we are, everybody out there. I'll see you in hell.
from I'll heaven. see you in hell from heaven from in heaven. death <laughs> as I am torn apart by shrieking, shrieking wraiths uh, of uh, evil. As minotaurs stomp you, yep, you you will see me smiling mm-hmm. from heaven with my giant dick with a, <sighs> with a weight hanging. All that from flexing, it. all that flexing, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> like, I'll have a shoestring tied around the head of my dick and a fucking five pound weight swinging from it. Yep. God, and, that, and that's why I'll be in heaven because the ladies will want me. Exactly <laughs> right. And it isn't because I lived a true and just life because that sure isn't true. No, it's because of your flexing weighted penis. <laughs> yep, which doesn't even need it, by the way. I have a giant hog, only a second only to Greg's dad. <laughs> the Tri County area. All right. Well, this is enough for us. Uh, good night, everybody. Uh, thank you for putting up with this. Uh, and thank you to my mom. And uh, this far, thank you. We love you. Uh, we listen. We love all of you. We love all of you. I love Ray Parker Jr. Uh, I love Back to the Future. I love Tom Jones. I do, too. Judgment uh, Night rules. And I love you. I love you, too. Good day. Bye.